up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 36 of Ready Play Movies. This is your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. So I typically post these episodes on Tuesdays. Now I'm a day late. It's Wednesday, and I'm finally getting to posting it. Actually, on Wednesday night at that. Um, but anyways, it's a movie podcast. We talk about stuff. We talk about uh, news, uh, news of the week, you know, topics of the industry, things like that. And uh, so what ended up happening was the um, we were we were trying to live stream uh, Ready Play Movies uh, yesterday on Tuesday proper uh, on the Level One Gaming YouTube channel in order to put that out because I was really busy. I had to write a review for a game, and it ended up cutting into my time to record the podcast on our typical Monday nights to put it out on Tuesday mornings. And so what ended up happening was I was press I pressed the live stream button and it's on me because I don't I didn't check the, the YouTube channel like right then and there to make sure we're live. And I also didn't do a backup recording of the podcast. So we ended up losing like the first 10 minutes of the show. And uh, ultimately, I think it was fine. You know, we didn't we did our pleasantries, we did our introductions, and then I talked about What If, and I talked about Rick and Morty, and I think I'll like recap that later on anyways. Uh, so basically, long story short, we lost the first 10 minutes of the show, and uh, we're just going to sort of kick things off, and I think we're going to begin with uh, Troy's impression of Candyman, uh, as I think is when I started recording. So yeah, just I hope you guys don't mind. I'm sorry about that. It's a long show anyways. It's a very good show. We had a lot, we t- we had a lot to talk about, about the Disney CEO, uh, about, uh, you know, movies, uh, movie, uh, studios owning streaming services and, uh, also about like a little history lesson about the Paramount decrees. Uh, Troy didn't even know about that. And so we just sort of like do a lot of, uh, deep dives. So, uh, it's a, I hope you guys enjoy the show and apologies for, you know, being late and also for not having the full recording, but anyways, enough of me, enough of me rambling. We'll go ahead and uh, kick things off to the show already in progress. Didn't even know, like, oh shoot, should we be original or or should we be like the, you know, the original, you know? Mm. So, I, I, you could see it in the movie, but I had a lot of fun in it, though. I really did. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was looking forward to the movie. I didn't really expect the movie to be a masterpiece or nothing, so that's why I think my expectations was like right at where it where I thought it would be, you know? So, like, me personally, I, like, if I would have graded, give it, like, a 7.5 out of 10 or something like that. But, you know, I think I think it's worth going to see it. If you, someone that ain't really, was kind of, like, on the fence, don't want to see it, I think you should see it because I, I know people that liked it way more than I did. So, hmm. that's just my, uh you know, my thoughts on it. I think everybody did a great job. It was funny. You could tell uh, a black director made, directed it. I don't even know who directed it, but I just got a feeling it was that's a black right. director. Like, you could always tell, in my opinion, when a black director directs something. Like, you know, like, you get more uh, black actors involved and then you, like, people be having, like, it'd be little hood elements involved and stuff so you could tell when like okay yeah this had to have been either a black female or male director but um yeah he had the costa the black woman oh yeah okay yeah so yeah i could and i could tell but uh yeah it was a it was solid movie so yeah that's my thoughts on that one all right cool well yeah um i don't know i don't really have much to add to that um it's uh it's really interesting that i thought this was gonna be like one of those kind of like you know that Jordan Peele flavor, which is written by him and produced by him. That Jordan yeah. Peele flavor, where uh, it's a it's a horror movie, but it's got like what do you call it? That like cultural. 
yeah, uh, yeah, commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's sprinkled in there for sure. That's why I said I like you could tell it was like a bre- uh, a black jo- or like I didn't know Jordan Peele. I know Jordan Peele produced it. I didn't know he wrote it, but that might be some of the reason why you could tell like you could just tell black people was involved in making it. Basically, that and that's pr- pretty much what I mean. Like you could tell black people you know, are the reason for this movie existing, you know. And so, uh so it it it, it did have that feel to it. So yeah, you're right. But uh it was cool. Yeah, okay. Also, um I'm not this is not good because we may have lost the first ten minutes because I'm not i I was recording live or I thought we were live streaming. However, it looks like we lost the first ten minutes of the show because we're not live. And I have no idea how or why. That's really weird. That's weird. Uh okay. are we live now? Nope. Not at all. And I will just say that I'll, uh, we'll just start the show. <laughs> we'll just start the show 10 minutes in. We, uh, for the people that are watching the show after the fact or if it's a, if it's a live uh, video, I just started off the show talking about Marvel's What If and talked about the Marvel Zombies and how I was sort of mediocrely underwhelmed and then also surprised with the Rick and Morty season five finale. And then we started talking about Candyman. So now you guys are caught up. But that's pretty much the first 10 minutes in a nutshell here. And in the meantime, I'll just go ahead and just keep it moving, and hopefully, hopefully we'll just um, keep it moving and just upload the video as is. Uh, so also sorry for your audio listeners since I don't have a backup. In the meantime, we'll go ahead and kick things off with the, m- the movie news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. I'm glad I decided to check the live and see what was going on, but with that being said, we'll go ahead and move on to the news, and this is like the most packed news week I have ever done like pretty much like the extra news some of them could have been top news and it's been a long time because we've been having a dry spell with news yeah that's good then that that's good you know yeah. what i mean the the more news the better the content <laughs> yes yeah. so with that being said the first thing here is gonna be a landmark deal wow christopher nolan what an epic just title I man know, right? god uh, there we go. Christopher Nolan, after 20 years of working with Warner Brothers, has decided to up and leave, and he went to Universal. I, I, I knew he was leaving, but wow. He went to he Universal? Was, I, knew was, I knew he was upset with the, with Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's I why that. I knew he was leaving. Like, I didn't think he was going to leave. I didn't think he would. Yeah, I, I definitely did, because what, like, people, I don't think enough people know, like, how, how bad Warner Brothers screwed so many people over like it like nolan isn't the only director that's not gonna want to work with warner brothers no more i hope they realize that (laughs) especially especially dennis villeneuve who director of dune you know especially him you know a lot of people are screwed over and i and trust me nolan you know how i knew nolan was gonna leave them when he started talking speaking about warner brothers publicly that's not who nolan is oh, yeah. he don't he's speak. a very private yeah guy. he a private guy he doesn't you know you never hear any controversy from nolan he's a quiet guy but when he started coming out publicly talking about how bad warner brothers screwed the pooch <laughs> trust me i knew oh yeah he's not coming back to warner brothers you can guarantee that so uh and that's what they get for doing that bullshit <laughs> Yeah, so there was uh, definitely two things at play here. So um, there, there's the news that uh, Nolan wanted to make a, um, what do you call it, 
a World War II kind of movie about the creation of the atomic bomb. We'll get into that here in, here in a second here. So let's go ahead and actually just read the story itself here. Uh, so how Universal beat other studios to land Christopher Nolan's new World War II epic. So Christopher Nolan is making an, his next movie at Universal, serving the director's nearly two-decade-long creative partnership. All right, severing, excuse me, severing the de- director's nearly two-decade-long creative partnership with Warner Brothers, the company that has backed many of his biggest blockbusters. Getting to this point has involved months of courtship, clandestine meetings, big promises, and a willingness to take, to take a creative leap with one of the boldest, but also the most demanding filmmakers in the business. It also represents a major victory for Universal as its film chief, Donna Langley, who moved aggressively to forge a relationship with the Dark Knight director after he grew dissatisfied with Warner Brothers. On Tuesday, news broke that the studio will fully finance Nolan's $100 million drama about J. Robert Oppenheimer and the decreation of the atomic bomb. It also follows Oppenheimer's later decision to call for a more international control of nuclear weapons and his eventual opposition to the development of the hydrogen bomb. Filming will begin in the first quarter of 2022 and will require extensive digital effects. The studio is eyeing a release in either late 2023 or 2024. Nolan's jump from Warner Brothers to one of its biggest uh, rivals is noteworthy, but not entirely shocking. The director made no secrets of the fact that he was dismayed with Warner Brothers' decision to release its entire 2021 slate simultaneously on HBO Max, even though the one-year arrangement was motivated by the pandemic and didn't apply to his current or future movies. Still, his blistering comments... Some of the, uh, our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to went to bed one night and then before uh, went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. <laughs> Made it clear how it does diminish the strength of his ties to were to uh, the studio he had long considered home. In the past 20 years, Nolan had partnered with, with Warner Brothers on the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Dunkirk, and most recently Tenet. Even before the HBO Max deal was set in motion and set off, uh, set off Nolan, his relationship with Warner Brothers had become strained, prompting chatter that he was looking to work with the new studio. Despite a long history, Nolan didn't have contractual obligations or first-look deals with Warner Brothers. That is surprising. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I figured that because uh, Nolan's just too big of a director to allow a, a studio lock, to lock him down. You know what I'm you saying? You know how like, Tom Cruise has like a deal with Paramount? I think that having deals with the studio is like a safety net. You know what I mean? Not really because the deals that – like what a lot of people don't understand is when like the – actor or the director they do deals with these studios it's deals for the on the studios end not on their end mm. so it's like it's no guarantee like just say he had a first look deal with warner brothers warner brothers get a chance to look at it first but they can clearly say no to the deal if they don't want to so it ain't like a deal where it's like okay we both obligated now to do it you know what i'm saying it's just warner brothers you know if they have these first look deals they really decide if they want to do it or not you see what i'm saying so that's smart for nolan not to have a first look deal you know with with them that's very smart smart guy okay all right uh so basically i'm gonna stop actually the article right there because that's pretty much the story that we need to know um what's really interesting is that he it seems to me like this was all motivated by the fact that nolan wanted to make sure that his movies you know get a theatrical exclusivity that he can trust that the people that he's partnering with aren't going to screw him over out of money. You know, that kind of like uh, the thing that happened with ScarJo, you know, like I can understand that he had assurances by the people that were courting him because uh, what was really not mentioned or 
were kind of sort of mentioned in this article was the fact that all of the studios were bidding for him. They were having oh, yeah. meetings. Like he was. He's the number one director people. in the world. Yeah. MGM. Like I think they said like there was like a Sony. Bunch of, yeah, they were all like talking to him. So he. I am pretty sure he got the best deal possible. Uh, that's because you know when you have options. Yeah, happens, absolutely. You have the leverage. Yeah. Uh, but uh, man, where was I going with this? But yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now I know what I was gonna say. So what's interesting is that although he chose to partner with Universal and has these assurances, Universal this same very week announced that they're and it's an extra news item is that they're gonna release uh, Halloween Kills on theaters and on Peacock at the same time. Oh, so they pulled some hoe ass shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> golly. Yeah, so just throwing that out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, Universal has a streaming service too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I'm think sh- it may even be worse than HBO Max, to tell you the truth. Oh, uh, Peacock is, uh, it, it is by the name alone. <laughs> like, but I'm gonna, but see, that's, but that's why Nolan probably made sure he put it somewhere in his contract. It's exclusively. In theaters, you know what I mean? Like, he put that somewhere in the contract, so I'm sure that's the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if that's the case, he could have just went to Netflix, if you're going to laugh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he refused to go. To, I was telling people, I don't know where he's going, but he he's ain't going, going to Netflix. Netflix. I'm, I guarantee no Hulu, no Netflix, no none of these streaming services, no Nolan, trust me. Like, the day when it's only streaming services, and that's his only option, I think that's the day when Nolan's going to retire. Like, honestly, <laughs> I don't think he'll ever do a streaming service. No, it's kind of, well, I mean, like, I, th- I would wager that Netflix probably offered more money than Universal did. Well, see, I think the thing is, I, 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 I definitely agree with that because Netflix seems to have unlimited money to just blow on anything, you know. But I think with Nolan, it's, it's not just about the money. It's I think he really have this kind of creative uh, way of doing things yeah. that he's accustomed to doing it, and if he has to change how he does it in any way, he's not gonna do it. It's the same with Quentin Tarantino. It's, just, it's a few directors that's out there that's like, look, I'm doing the traditional way. I want you know it in theaters, the full run. I want you know, uh, I want it to go uh, to Blu-ray and DVD. That's something that's probably gonna change at some point for everyone. But mm. you know, you got the certain directors that want the traditional way of doing things, and I think Netflix is never gonna be in that in in the uh, talks to be able to do something like that. But. That being said, it did surprise me that Universal got Nolan. I thought it was going to go to Sony because that's where Sony likes to, you know, uh, Sony also one of the people that don't have a streaming service. And also, they end the still in the business of releasing their movies and stuff straight to, uh, yeah. you know, theaters and things like that. I mean, and they also have a history of picking up big directors like uh, Tarantino. When yeah. the Weinstein thing happened, yeah. Tarantino was d- just like him. Everybody wanted him, and he was trying to, and he went to Sony. So I just thought if, if he goes somewhere, it's probably going to be Sony. So for Universal, the number one rival of Warner Brothers to get him, it's like, damn. That's almost like one of them, ooh, moments. <laughs> like, right? It's like a shot in the face. Like, like you motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, this, that's surprising. You know, it's actually interesting now that I think about it. Like, Netflix do be putting out movies in theaters now like uh before like yeah oh yeah they, for they sure they've been movies, doing it yeah they put movies out of theaters before they go on netflix yeah yeah for uh, sure they've so, been doing it but see here's the thing like, the, the leonardo, leonardo dicaprio movie is going to come out in theaters a month before it comes to right netflix. right um yeah that's true but see i think uh the the thing with nolan is because they they've been doing a, a several um 
theatrical releases. That's what I be trying to tell the people. What I hate about them is that they're always limited releases. Exactly. I would, exactly. I would love it if it's like a. Wide Full ride release and 90 days. Yeah, and, and see, then. Netflix does that because they try to play both ends. Yeah. Like, okay, we want it to, to be shown in like the, as a big blockbuster theatrical yeah. movie, but at the same time, you know, we got to keep our motto for our streaming services, which which keep our streaming services good. So they try to play both ends. So they give it like a limited and select theaters yeah, release. You know, no, limited, they ain't having that. Limited you, means is New York and LA, and that's just for Oscars. Yeah, uh, and I mean, and, and not necessarily. Like limited, it, it does have you know. Sometimes you can see limit. Like for instance, I seen the Irishman in theaters. You yeah. know, it had a limited release. Okay. You know, but I think uh, L.A. and New York is like the bare minimum. Like yeah. if you want to get you know yeah. any consideration for the Oscars, the bare minimum it's you LA gotta have and L.A. New and New York. But a lot of times Netflix, Netflix will give you the the limited releases and their show. But there'll be one showing in your city if you miss it. It's done. Yeah. You know that type of thing. Like That's, uh, with uh, what they did with Cinemark, where uh, where was that? That, that zombie movie that came out. Oh, what uh, Zack Snyder's? Snyder, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the zombie land. No, not zombie yeah, land. I, uh, yeah, I, I always keep forgetting, I, the name I keep of that forgetting movie. it too. But yeah, that like that movie, you know. So um, I think you know Nolan ain't with that. You know, he wants the full release all the way for the full runtime. You know, and I don't know if Netflix will be willing to do that. So yeah. That's true. So, but yeah, well, Universal though, they did it big. They 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 they, they, they like hit the jackpot. Like, you know what's kind of yeah? I was about to say you literally beat me too. It's like I feel like Universal wasn't that come up because they yeah. don't have franchises. They have they barely have like Jurassic Park and yeah. Fast and the Furious. Yeah, They're I like, mean, don't get me wrong; those are like two of the top five biggest franchises yes. in the world. But right. still, you They're know, not like I don't know how to put this. They don't have like a, a treasure trove. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a Disney does. Yeah, they don't have just like a resume yeah. of just you know. Yeah, so I mean, Landon mm. Nolan, man, that right there is what you call like, like hitting think, the jackpot. I think like with like like when it comes to franchises, when I think of franchise, I think of uh, Disney and I think of Warner Brothers. Mm. You know, yeah, they're the, they they're the two leaders. Franchises yeah, franchises, franchises, franchises. Yeah, right. So their yeah. franchises have franchises. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, getting Nolan, that's like getting another franchise. Yeah. That's like getting. Yes. It's almost like getting him alone is like getting a franchise. So, and I don't know if we're gonna talk about it, but the movie he's doing, I can't wait for. Like you. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if that's in the notes. Yeah, it all. was. It was in the. I mean, that was part of the story, and I didn't really like separate you know, it. Separate the two. Was talking about like it's called a. They didn't even like the name of it. It's just the I don't J. Think Robert they, Oppenheimer. Yeah, they, I don't think they have a name for it yet. It hasn't released, but I will say that. Uh, the the idea of this movie is mesmerizing. Like I utterly can't wait for this movie. You know what I mean? Like the event, like him covering like the the start of the atomic bomb, like mm -hmm. the creation of it. Like that's that's phenomenal. That's a perfect movie for Nolan. Like and the reason why I love it so much because I'm not gonna lie, Nolan is one of my favorite directors. But that being said, I feel like he's getting too. Um, He's doing the same thing over and over again. You know what yeah, I mean? The sci-fi stuff. Sci-fi. Sci-fi and superhero. That's yeah. really all his movies has been for the uh, other than Dunkirk. And it's crazy because and even Dunkirk, then it was sci-fi. <laughs> and and uh, Dunkirk, well, I mean, Dunkirk wasn't sci-fi. But that being said, Dunkirk blew me away. Like as soon as he stepped away from doing kind of what he was used to, and he did something a little different, Dunkirk might be his best movie or second, but one up there with his best I, movie. I say I say sci-fi because uh, it felt like it was shot like a sci-fi movie. Like yeah, the time but that's thing. just kind of his style. Any movie he do is gonna have that kind of feel to yeah. it, and I don't mind that because that's who he is. But I like for just to be doing Tenet, like he did Tenet, to do uh, Inception, Interstellar, all these. 
And then the comic book movies. It's like, I want to see him do something different. Like, he has too much talent to be doing the same thing over and over again. One of the, one of the things that I noticed about, like a, like, a, like, a theme that he seems to be, like, pervading his entire uh, resume is time. Yeah, like, time. Yeah, that's tenet, always... Like, it was playing with time and how, yep, you know. Yep, uh, Tenet, time is going backwards. Uh, yep. Interstellar, time yep. is dilated. Yep. Uh, uh, Inception, time is relative. Yeah. You know? Like, there's... It's time. It's time. time. That's, to, that's his main thing. Uh, Even in Dunkirk, like, it was, like, about the time running out yeah. for the beach, for the, yeah. you know. But, and I think that's just... It's certain so things... I, I want to know is how they're going to do time. And then, time yeah. I mean, they're probably going to have some way before, like, they have a certain amount of time for the atomic <laughs> bomb blow up. Down yeah, but I, you know, but you know, and I love that about Nolan, like how he includes time as a like backwards Multi- theme and all. Yeah, I love that because we live in time, so it's so interesting for someone so genius like Nolan to always deal with time because you look at it and you perceive it differently depending on how he does his movies. And I love that. I just, I'm so glad he's kind of stepping away from what we're used to, like another sci-fi. And I love sci-fi movies, and I love his sci-fi movies. But at the same time, I'm ready to see how diverse he can be, you know. I want to see other things. Him you know doing other put, stuff. Put, put Christopher Nolan on a romantic comedy and see what happens. Yeah, like I, you know. And trust me, I don't want to see no romantic comedy by Nolan, but I would be happy to because I'm like, at least it ain't no sci-fi again. You know what I mean? I want to see <laughs> With him. a sci-fi twist. I'm right. Just and, and the thing about this is, it feels like it's like it's like a character Wait, study. You know kind what I was gonna of. think about it? Like, imagine if Passengers was was uh, was directed by uh, Nolan. Nolan. Yeah, that, that seemed like something he would have done, but way better. He would have been way better than that. But that's like like something he would have done. So I'm just so glad this is not just oh the first man on the moon or or some trip to the moon story or something. Like I'm glad that it's you know something different. It seems like it's more character than anything, and uh, it's gonna have some Nolan. If it's a hundred million dollar budget, trust me, it's gonna have some Nolan you know blockbuster feel to it. But yeah. I think it's gonna deal with more with character, and I'm just excited. All right, all right. We'll go ahead and uh, and move it along to uh, from from DC to or not sorry from Warner Brothers to Disney because. Uh, Shang-Chi is having a bit of a China problem here. So this uh, story comes from Business Insider, and it explains why Marvel's Shang-Chi may not be released in China and what it means for Hollywood's future. Didn't we talk about this? I thought uh, we already knew that China had some kind of beef with Shang-Chi. Remember we t- covered that, and like we didn't know why, but there was like, yeah. you know, it was this some tells cra- us why. Oh, okay, cool. We didn't know why, and uh, this has goes into like more of a the business side, side of things. Uh, the article reads, Disney's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is a box office hit after opening with $94 million over the four-day Labor Day weekend. But the movie, which is the first Marvel Cinematic Universe entry headlined by an Asian character, still doesn't have a release date in the world's largest theatrical market, China, where, foreign press, uh, where the foreign uh, release must be approved by the local government. Deadline reported on Friday that a date may be out of reach after the, a 2017 comment uh, made by star Simu Liu resurfaced this week on Chinese social media in which Liu called China a third world country. What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> China be going hard, man. They be digging their, your, your fucking tweets and your Instagram. Shit, everybody in this day and age, everything. Wait, so who said that? Simu Liu, the, 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 the main character? Why would he fucking... If I, in 20, 
But like, uh, I just like what the first of all, that's some bullshit. China's tripping over that. First of all, I gotta get that out the way. Like China, that <laughs> shit's like, old. They don't like criticism. That, yeah, that, they don't. They but don't. and that's ridiculous because the reality is everybody is gonna get criticized. America get criticized. China gonna get criticized. Like for them to not release an entire movie that's gonna produce you. A shit ton of money, yeah, and produce them money, you money, Jenna, for one comment that was five years ago. That's utterly <laughs> ridiculous. That's stupid. I, I like that makes no sense. I remember hearing something about China already not wanting to release this movie, so that might be just an excuse that they're saying, and they didn't like already didn't want to release it. But that's ridiculous. But I will say this: like, why would you ever say something like that? Like, I don't even under like there's certain things that like the, the movie shouldn't get canceled. Where was, China he, for where was he in, in 2017? He was starting what in Kim's Convenience? Was that even around? I he don't even know. He like, wasn't like he the pro- superstar he yeah, is now. Right, right. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it has nothing to do with that, but it's just certain stuff you shouldn't say as a human being. Like as a human being, it's not right. Like for anyone to ever say, uh, uh, slaves deserve to be black. Slaves deserve to be black slaves. Like it don't matter if you were famous or not. You shouldn't say so. It's certain things that you just shouldn't say. Like it don't make any sense. That being said, as much as I uh, like, he shouldn't have said that dumbass shit in the first place. China is being way overly sensitive, and I hope that this can get you know resolved because if they don't play an entire movie in their country just because of a comment like that, then that that's that's just it's so ridiculous that it's like. I don't know. Like, I don't know if Hollywood gonna have to rethink the way they can distribute their movies. Cause like China, like that, that's ridiculous. You know what I'm like, saying? I don't know. You didn't. You weren't here. You were off that week. We covered it. But like, John Cena apologized in Mandarin to the Chinese people when he accidentally called. Uh, uh, fucking what's that? What's that thing that that movie? Uh, that country that's in China that's not quite in China. Um, oh no. Tibet or something like uh, that. I don't know if it was which one it was, but it's yeah. Basically, he said, "Oh, the people of this is gonna be the first country, and that that's part of China, or it's not. A, it's not a separate country." And yeah. So it's like he got in. He got in trouble for that. Yeah. Uh, so it's that kind of stuff that it's like it's so scary that Hollywood has to bow to China. Yeah, I mean, like, like and the thing about this is, I like and now and now when Marvel hires actors, they have to vet them for Chinese uh, uh, compatibility. Compatibility, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of movies that like come out that don't even get played in China. Yeah. Like, it's so many movies more than we could even think. Deadpool didn't get played in China. There's so many movies because they're so a sensitive out there. But b, you know, like, and the thing is. You know, um, Disney gonna have to step up if if you know they don't allow them to play Shang Chi. Disney gotta step up and you know let China know y'all being too sensitive. Because the thing is, you know, if Disney, you know, this could start becoming extortion. You know, if if they have that kind of power to just to say, oh no, we you're not gonna play our movie. I mean, you're not going to play your movie in our country just because anything. Well, if they have that kind of power, they're going to start extorting. You know, you <laughs> could, and I'm not saying they're going to start doing it, but they could potentially start extorting people they if will. they have that kind of power. They like, will. exactly. <laughs> so they Disney has to step up and kind of, you know, if they don't get their movie played because of this reason, Disney going to have to step up as a, you know, as a big brand and say, look, you know, hey, you know, China, y'all tripping. You know, put out some kind of statement more professional than saying China yeah, y'all tripping. tripping. <laughs> but let them know that that's you know that's ridiculous and you know that y'all look bad doing this because that's just that don't make no sense. Like we're talking about a whole country. We're not talking about a theater or something like oh you can't play in this theater or 
a theater chain or something. No, we're talking about you can't play their mo the movie in their whole country. Like that's ridiculous over something someone said years ago. That's yeah. that's over. That's ridiculous. And also, I just looked it up real quick. It was Taiwan. Like was like John Cena. Said oh, Taiwan. Oh, it's okay. like Taiwan is gonna be one of the first countries to see Fast Nine, and China considers Taiwan a part of China. Oh yeah, and yeah. So it's like a and, and I mean even yeah. that like I can understand them apologizing, but that's just a mistake. That's just someone not knowing. You know, that's yeah. just the same way how people mistake different. Well, Taiwanese people want to be independent of China also. Yeah. It's, like, it's a geopolitical thing that yeah. you don't want to touch. Yeah, you know right. I mean? So, you know, I understand I'm apologizing for that. I understand I'm getting offended for that, but that's just a mistake, and they should understand that too. So, But, yeah, man, that's, this, is, this is crazy. So uh, the, the, the article continues, the movie has already faced controversy over the title character's comic book history. When he was first introduced in 1973, Shang-Chi's yeah, Shang father was Fu Manchu, a character now considered to be a perpetuated rage racist Asian stereotype. Uh, Marvel Studios pr uh, president Kevin Feige has addressed Shang-Chi's comic book history, which has been rewritten multiple times uh, over the years. Uh, definitively, Fu Manchu is not in the movie. It's not, um, is not Shang-Chi's father, and again, is not even a Marvel character, and hasn't been for decades. Feige told Variety last month. Damn, that's some fucking crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, that's the He hasn't shit. been a Marvel character for Yeah, like, Oh, my God. So, like, they shouldn't even trip on that. You know what I'm saying? They corrected it. And so, like, what's the what's the, even the problem with that? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I'm going to skip over to this part of the here. Uh, the country's regulations have particularly imp impacted Disney over the past year. Mulan has faced uh, calls from outside China for a boycott because parts of the movie were filmed in, in Xinjiang where officials have been impl implicated in human rights violations against Muslim Uyghurs. Uh, following the foreign criticism, China ordered a media blackout of Mulan ahead of its release in the region. But see, that's what I mean right there. Like that right there, that's extortion. Like they don't, they don't, that's a form of extortion. Yes. Like you, to just say, oh, for any little thing that you want, you could just say, oh, y'all can't play us. Like that, that's a way of, you know, and soon they're going to say, uh, we need uh, specific scenes shot in China just to get played in China. Yeah. Like soon they're going to start doing that they stuff. They have been doing that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to become more re regular. So yeah, you know, Disney going to have to step up and do something about this. They can't a, remain quiet. A China release for the Disney's next Marvel movie, Eternals, is also uncertain. The movie's director, Chloe Zhao, was born in China. However, she has faced backlash from Chinese nationalists over a 2013 interview in which she said, there are lies everywhere in China. Chinese censors blocked mentions of her Oscar win on social media earlier this year after she won Best Director. So the Chinese, uh, basically Chinese Facebook, her name was censored and you couldn't see her posts, posts that had her name on it. That yeah, is like some, that's some like next level shit right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's beyond petty. And also, uh, I think this article says it later on, but Black Widow never released in China. So you're basically talking about three, count yeah. them three yeah. Marvel movies not coming out in China. And then on top of that, that is a lot of money just. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the it's the biggest market. Like, yeah. it's not like just some little market where you could say, uh, if we don't, I mean, if we do have it, cool. If we don't have yeah. them, all right, whatever. No, it's the biggest market. Like, that's the big, and it's like, they know that, and that's why they're doing all this. They know, like, look, we're the, they need us. Yeah. So, since they need us, for any little thing, we're going to say, y'all can't play here for, or whatever we want y'all to do different. Y'all got to do it, or as we, you know, we need y'all to censor this, or we need y'all to take this scene out, or we need y'all to have 
the movie only an hour long or whatever, you know. They, <laughs> or they, like scenes get edited out. Or, or edited oh, yeah. out. or You yeah. know, listen, Disney going to have to step up and, and same as any other uh, any other studio, they're gonna all have to step up because at the end of the day, you know, if they all, if all the movie studios step up and say we can't have this, they'll change their ways because, believe it or not, they need movies still to show out there. It ain't like they could just say, all right, we don't know you know, American movies. I do. don't, I don't even know because I think, in my opinion, if like let's just say all the Disney, all the all the American movie studios boycott releasing in China, that's gonna hurt their bottom line. It's gonna Who's? hurt them, the studios. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna hurt them. But they, so you can't. You can't like say, "Oh, we're not gonna play any Disney movie over in China." Fuck y'all. Well, listen, you can't do that because China will be like, "Okay." Well, see, here's yeah, the like, thing. No, but see, here's the thing. This is what you don't realize. China makes money too. Like China, when movies play out there, it ain't like China just saying, "All right, y'all can use our land or y'all can use our area to play our shit." Yeah. And just no, that's billions of dollars. That if 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 the United States said, "No, we're not releasing no more movies in China," they're losing billions as well. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, the market is big. The market is the biggest market for movies, but we, they need each other. Like, you know, if that was the case, movies would have been stopped playing in China a long time ago. You see what I'm saying? So, so I, and I'm not necessarily saying that studios need to boycott China. I'm not saying, look, we're not going to release her, but they need to start. They have the they have the uh, right and they have the fervor and some leverage to step up and all, you know, say, you know, let China like let public uh, things be known about how China act and the way things need to be done. You know, they could step up and write, put out different, you know, statements or do what they need to do. They can't just be quiet and just say, all right, well, you know, and, and have meetings among themselves talking about how China doing them. No, let it be known. You don't have to be disrespectful in any ways, but let it be known what's not right and what needs to change And from a public standpoint. And I think that can, you know, really do something. And if all these studios step up, I think it could, you know, change this because this can be a problem. It, it's, yes. it could grow to be, it's kind of a problem now, but it could grow to be a much bigger problem, you know, where next thing you know, movies are going to be completely, have to be re-edited, you know, they could start making all kind of demands. It, like I said, it's an, it could be a form of extortion. Yes, yes, exactly. Like like what happened with like the the, the lesbian kissing scene in uh, in a Star Wars Episode Nine that was edited out. Oh, really? Like I the, never even knew nothing about that. Yeah, there was like a lot, uh, a lot of stuff there. But anyways, uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on the China situation here because we've been covering it before in the past, and I'm pretty sure there will be another another controversy that will happen later on. Uh, so next up, uh, continuing on the the actually. The, this last story uh, that happened was a Disney story, and these next two stories are Disney stories. So Disney is in the news right now. So this next one is about Bob Chapek, and uh, we've been having our criticisms. I've been having my criticism, especially uh, about Bob Chapek and his leadership at Disney. Yeah. And uh, it's gotten much worse. Why? What? Like, shit. It got uh, even worse? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness, man. This clown, man. The Wall Street Journal reported essentially that Bob Chapek could have avoided the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit altogether. He could have like nipped it in the bud. He had a chance to, but he didn't. Uh, so uh, how Disney and Scarlett Johansson reached the point of no return, Disney's, chi- uh, Disney's chief, Bob Chapek, stayed out of the dispute with the star of Black Widow, which has since exploded into Hollywood's biggest battle in decades. Creative Artists Agency, or CAA, co-chairman Brian Lord had high hopes for the annual gathering of entertainment moguls hosted in July by Allen & Co. in Sun Valley, Idaho. Like many there, he was looking to strike a deal. 
in the lobby of the Sun Valley Lodge, he spotted Walt Disney com- uh, co- uh, chief executive Bob Chapek, the man he had hoped uh, would make it happen. Mr. Lord had been negotiating with Disney executives about a payout to his client, Scarlett Johansson. He was seeking tens of millions of dollars for the, for the star of Black Widow in a contract dispute regarding the film's simultaneous release in movie theaters and digital streaming. Mr. Lord told Mr. Chapek in the uh, relaxed mountain settings that after months of fruitless back and forth between the two sides, they should come to an agreement, said people familiar with the conversation. Mr. Chapek responded with the classic Hollywood brush off saying, in effect, have your people call my people. Mm. Basically, he says, "I don't, I don't deal with this. Let my under my un, I have people for that." Is basically what he's saying. That's crazy. Three weeks later, Miss Johansson dropped a breach of contract lawsuit on Disney, as Mr. Chapek had been had done throughout his career in, in entertainment. He left talent relations to his underlings, rejecting a potential opportunity to forestall what was what has blown up into the most acrimonious star versus studio battle in decades. After a little more than 18 months at the helm of the world's largest entertainment company, Mr. Chapek, 61 years old, is juggling pandemic sh- uh, shutdowns and shifting consumer habits as the industry moves, uh, moves from a golden era of movie theaters to potential streaming age uh, bonanza. So I'm going to skip this. Uh, I'm going to skip uh, a big chunk of this article here and go back to the story because they sort of like go, go do a lot of when uh, a table setting that we don't need to do. So I'm going to go ahead and skip, skip. I mean, this is a really long article, by the way. Just skipping, skipping. All right, here we go. Miss Johansson had warning. Former Disney CEO uh, Bob Iger said during a shareholder meeting in March 2019 that Marvel releases would be available on Disney Plus immediately following theaters. That prompted Miss Johansson's team to ask Disney to guarantee that Black Widow would receive a traditional big screen release. Her lawsuit said Marvel chief counsel, uh, Dave Galuzzi wrote in response that it's 100% our plan to do a typical wide release of black widow. Uh, should that change? He wrote quote, we would need to discuss this with you and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. <clears throat> so that is interesting that they have that in writing that it's like, we would need to talk to you because you know, we have your payout, your salary based on this and stuff like that. It's kind of <coughs> fucked up that number one, that, you know, she, they, she preemptively sought, sought out assurances, number one. And number two, her, the, the head of her, the talent agency, like they're like the, like the president of the CEA, like the actual main guy on top of the agency, a talent agency went up to the CEO of Disney and say, Hey, look, my people have been talking to your people. We've been like, we've been not had come to any conclusions. Things are falling apart. The communication is breaking down. Let's you and me talk this out. Let's just let's just have a have a drink at the bar. Let's smoke some cigars and let's handle. Let's just let's let's do a handshake. Like men. Yeah, like yeah. men. Yeah. No. Yeah. Bob Chapek doesn't like to get his hands dirty. Apparently, he's not the guy that's like bold and like a leader. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is kind of fucked up. I'm not. This this makes me not like him even more. And yeah. I already yeah. thought little of him going into this. Yeah, so absolutely. What are your thoughts on this whole I situation? I mean, like, see, here's the here's the problem. Here's the main problem right here. Like, because, listen, I can understand him not wanting to talk to him. Bob, I can understand Bob Chapek not wanting to talk to him right then and there. Because you might not be business savvy enough to get in a room with a dude that's very business savvy and discuss something. Yeah. But 
instead of him like, okay, let's re rearrange a time and a place where we could sit down and let me have my people and we could all figure this out, like in a room and figure this out, right? Like, if he did that, that would have been very understandable. Like, I don't, listen, I'm, I don't expect this guy to go get drunk at a bar and just figure something out right then and there with a guy that's business savvy and could, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> figure out a way to fuck him out of way more money. But, I could, but like, to brush him off, like, your people meet with my people, like, that shows that, A, you're an asshole. B, you're not great at handling business. C, that you don't know what you're doing overall because, really, that would have been, like, that is, to me, just from a common sense standpoint, us discussing this and figuring it out is a way better process to happen to do it in the courts. Like, why would you rather, like, go through the courts, you're probably going to lose, yeah. you know, go back and forth, deal with the humiliation of all these articles <laughs> writing about you, instead of you just saying, all right, let's, let's have a, a certain date, let's do a certain date and a time, let's meet up, you bring your people, I bring my people, we come together and meet up for a business and settle this. Instead, oh, no, nah, I'm going to brush you off like an asshole. Like, he's embarrassing himself. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it is, like, Here's the thing, like, this is what people got to understand. This is what makes this whole thing so bad, right here. It's not that they negotiated and couldn't decide on a deal and now was going to court. No, he never attempted to negotiate with them. That's the problem. Like, because, listen, if just say they negotiate and old dude tell him, like, listen, Scarlett Johansson need 100 million. Sorry, that's what that's the negotiation. She need 100 million. I can understand him saying, look, hell no, that's too much. I'm not paying that and whatever. And they can't come to agreement. And then it goes to court. Listen, he wouldn't be wrong, right? Yeah. Like, he wouldn't be wrong. But for you to not even go to, to try to uh, negotiate something, right? Even, you know, because who knows? You could have negotiated him for 10 million. You know what I mean? And it wouldn't have been no big deal. But for you not to even attempt to try to figure this out like a like a real businessman, that's what's making it so bad. Like you're basically saying, no, fuck you, take this 20 million or whatever yeah. we paid you and just deal with it because we're not giving you nothing else. That's what it comes off as. So it says in the article, after the simultaneous release was announced, Miss Johansson's team made an opening bid to pay the actress $80 million, which is a calculation based on what the star would receive in a hypothetical global box office stake of $1.2 billion. Um, and then basically it would have been $100 million because she had $20 million in base salary plus her $80 million in bonuses. So basically yeah. they're just sort of like trying to calculate what like the what it would have what what normally would have done. Yeah. And so what happens is um, they were they were actually kind of sort of like this article makes it seem like it's just an opening bid that yeah. you can we can talk. Yeah. We can go down. Yeah. So he's saying we'll start with $80 million and if you take it then I'll shake your hands on it. But if you want to haggle me down – I can go down to fifty million. Well, see, that's the thing. That's right. how negotiation yeah. works. Like a negotiation doesn't mean you come to someone, give them a price, and you say, "All right, bet." Yeah. No, a negotiation. You, you yeah. and and the thing is, anybody that's smart negotiating, you start with a price that's wow. way high because you know it's going to get ready to go down. Because you know it's going to go down. You don't yeah. come with like fifty million, knowing that they're going to try to talk you down to twenty million. Yeah. Start at eighty million, and then and they might talk to you to fifty million. million. That's just yeah. smart. That's being yeah. smart, but that's not at any means saying, "Look, hey, eighty million <laughs> like the pay up yeah. come on bro but like, what's kind of fucked up is like they were they were they were planning on letting themselves get haggled down and they didn't even haggle 
Yeah. Like right. that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's uh <laughs> yeah man it's it's just it's ridiculous man this job pay this job uh Chapek is a clown like <laughs> he needs to I don't know man he got to figure it out man because anybody that knows me I'm not on the bus right like I'm not on this bus cause just cause everybody talking bad about him I was one of the people defending him I was like listen yeah. get a guy a chance like so yeah, many people I, was already when like, I first brought up the first Bob Chapek story early on yeah, in the podcast and you were yeah, going to bathroom yeah I'm like, I'm like, I'm, yeah I'm <laughs> Like, man, get a guy a chance. He might have made a few mistakes. He's brand new. Like, don't... But stuff like this, I can't even... It just make me look bad for even defending this clown. Like, come on, man. Golly. I was right from the start, man. Yeah, like, I was man. Like, uh, but anyways, yeah, man. Like, Bob, this... Let me just tell you right now that that never would have happened under Bob Iger. At all. No. Bob no. Iger is really good at, like, retaining talent and working well, with Well, see, talent. and here's the thing. Like, Bob Iger, A, is a better businessman, but it ain't even about that. He's just a better human being. <laughs> like, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have been, like, as an asshole, yeah. like, let me brush y'all off. No, he would have he would have tried Engaged. to, like, let me yeah. figure this out. Like, let me treat you right. Let me figure this yeah. out where we could all, you know what I'm saying? So it ain't even about just the fact that he's a better businessman, but it's just the fact that he's a better man in general, and that's just... Yeah, he's definitely, Bob Iger was that kind of guy that was, was really good at keeping and maintaining relationships. Oh, but and I might add yeah. real quick, Bob Iger, this is your fault because <laughs> you chose this clown. Like, so I, I mean, like as great as Bob Iger is, Bob Iger was was he great. Chose successor, he yeah. chose this successor. So all this shit is on in a way Bob Iger too, because this who you chose. Damn. Oh, yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't a lot of people it. don't like to talk, talk about bad it. about Bob Iger. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people like a lot of people <laughs> like to like to just kind of gloss over that. We know Bob how perfect Bob Iger is, but Bob Iger, if you know how great you are, make sure when you leave, you put someone just as great in that spot as you. Don't put just some any clown in that spot, and now you start to have all these problems. It was on Bob Iger to pick a successor just as good as him, or at least try to be. But this ain't even close. <laughs> Next up here is uh, an- the last uh, Disney story on this top news. Uh, the negotiations with the Russo brothers have stalled after the Black Widow lawsuit. So the Russo brothers, they directed Civil they, they worked at uh, the Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. So they've been like on a hot streak of making the best Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, Endgame, like, I don't know if it's like the number one most highest grossing movie best, or number uh, two. They're the best comic book directors of all time. Yes, yes. So... The uh, the Russo brothers they they wanted to come back to Marvel and make something with them. However, uh, the shit's not like looking good. Says the directors of, of Avengers Endgame are reportedly worried about how future projects might be released on Disney. Think about what happened with Pixar with Soul, you know what I mean, mm, and Luca. Yep, yep. They was not Pixar's decision. Yeah. They wanted to be theatrical. Yeah. So directors Joe and Anthony Russo have hit an impasse with Disney in negotiating a return to the world of Marvel movies. The Russos, who gave the studio their biggest hit movies in history with Avengers Endgame, were eyeing to return to superhero cinema, according to the Wall Street Journal. But discussions were disrupted by Scarlett Johansson's recent lawsuit against Disney. The Russos were said to be concerned about how the project would be released in the aftermath of Disney's restructured strategy owing to the owing to the COVID-19 pandemic. In the past year or so, the studio has released films such as Black Widow, Jungle Cruise, and Cruella simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus for an additional fee, while Pixar titles such as Soul and Luca weren't even given theatrical releases at all and went straight to directly uh, straight to Disney Plus. While it's unclear what project the Russo brothers would be working on, the pair have 
have been in talks in the past about how excited, uh, uh, about how what excites them about possibly adapting the Secret War story and that it would be even bigger than the ambitious Infinity Saga and would have and said and have said that they would have been considered uh, returning to, uh, to Marvel for Secret Wars. In July, Johansson made headlines for her tussle with Disney over the studio's decision to release. Yeah, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I think the story is pretty much uh, over right there because really that's kind of what we needed to know is that they, they are, their talks have stalled. And it's, it's amazing that the high, one of the highest grossing movies of all time, and it held that title for a hot minute before Avatar re-released in China. But the, basically, the, essentially the highest grossing movie of all time, the director's are not even like sure that they want to work with you. <clears throat> that is insane. The biggest studio is like not even has that cachet to like, yeah, you want to come work with us. No, we don't. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So again, I'm going to say it again. This never would have happened under Bob Iger. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you have anything that you wanted to? I mean, it, it just, it, you know, it, it goes to show like, and it's the same thing with Warner brothers. Um, the, the exact same thing would happen with Warner brothers. You see how they lost Nolan. Yeah. Uh, you see how the Russo brothers, they don't want to work with them no more. Or I'm not going to say they don't want to work with them, but there's there is a hesitancy. They're hesitant. Yeah. yeah. And it goes to show how studios treat their people really does matter. Like, it, you know, you can't just up and do it. Yes, y'all have the say-so as a studio to do whatever y'all want. But y'all can't just feel like y'all can do whatever y'all want and expect that those relationships that y'all have created to not get broken, you yeah. know? And so you see what, you know, Warner Brothers, they did something very messed up, very wrong. And because of that, they're losing relationships, valuable relationships. <laughs> yeah. And then we're seeing the same thing with Disney under Bob Chapek doing this ridiculous stuff. You're seeing the two best influential directors of the Marvel Cinematic Universe hesitant to work with them. And so it goes to show you can't just do ridiculous things. You have to think over everything, not just the board meeting. Think over everything. Think over your talent. Think, think about all of these things because they all matter. And when you do make a decision have the decency to talk to them and let them know what's going on and see how they feel about it so yeah it almost kind of makes like warner brothers and disney look short-sighted yeah they look very short-sighted and the thing about it is it's like it these are the two most successful studios yeah listen if y'all take a loss y'all will take that loss and it's because of the pandemic or whatever the case may be y'all take that loss but y'all have billions of dollars to make in the future Right. With all these, you just said it yourself. Disney Warner Brothers have the most uh, franchises. franchises yeah. Right. You might take losses. That's a part of this game. Y'all took losses anyway by doing what y'all did. Y'all might as well, you know, still do things the proper way. If y'all take a loss, you know why. It wasn't like y'all got to calculate, like, why did this movie bomb? or why did <laughs> Y'all know why, the pandemic, and then just head towards the future. Do things and make the money in the future. But this, the idea that they're treating things like, oh, my God, we, we're panicking. We can't lose. Let's just release on streaming services. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's, and ruining things. Like, this is, they're, they're, like, we're watching these studios ruin things. Like, Bob Chapek, the reason, the big problem is, is that he released that movie in uh, on the streaming service. That's the start of this whole uh, Disney, uh, this whole Scarlett Johansson situation. And didn't know how to renegotiate the deal. And same thing with Warner Brothers. So what the problem is, like you're saying, is making them look very short-sighted, and and they're not 
they're being idiots, both of them. Yeah, both. yeah, I agreed. Um, and these supposed to be the smart executives. They're, they're like, really, I feel like me that don't know shit about that could have did a better job than the, <laughs> than the way they were handling stuff. So you, uh, you almost kind of make me think about with a fir- one of the very first. I don't know if it was the first episode or one of the very first episodes on this podcast where you were like, "Scared money don't make money." Absolutely, <laughs> that's fa- that's facts. That's facts, man. You're like, scared says, money don't like, make money. It's man. like you see like a fire in these boardrooms, like this like figurative metaphor of a fire, yeah, uh-huh. and then everyone. Like trying to press his button. Press the button. Like, yep. <laughs> that's exactly what is going on. And and really don't realize they're pressing a button to start a bigger fire. Like that's what they're not understanding. So yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, we'll go ahead and move on to the extra news here. And uh, there again, these some of these extra news could have been um, could have been top news because just of how just how much uh, you know very potent stories that we talked about. Yeah, I didn't even know this was extra news. I thought this was all top news. All of that, everything we've done so far is top news, and everything wow. going forward is going to be extra news. Wow. Number one, WB, WB refused to let director uh, Denis Villeneuve shoot Dunes 1 and 2 back-to-back as one production. Number two, The Batman will have a Penguin spinoff show on HBO Max. Oh, Number shit. three, Disney has confirmed that the rest of its film slate for 2021 will be theatrically exclusive with the animated film Encanto being 30 days exclusive while the rest of the film slate, including Marvel's The Eternals, will be having a 45-day theatrical window. You can thank Shang-Chi's success for that, by the way. Number four, Halloween Kills will premiere simultaneously in theaters and on Peacock. Number five, Avengers 5 is already in motion, says Kevin Feige. Number six, Morgan Freeman, Al Pacino, Helen Mirren, and Danny DeVito will star in a retirement home murder mystery noir film called Sniff. Number seven, Venom, Let There Be Carnage will reportedly only be 90 minutes long. Number eight, The Wire and Boardwalk Empire star Michael K. Williams has passed away at the age of 54. Number nine, former SNL star and Weekend Update host Norm MacDonald has passed away at the age of 61. RIP to the two of them. Uh, Number 10, Keegan-Michael Key to star alongside Timothy Chalamet in Wonka. Number 11, uh, as I stated before, I keep an eye on what's going on with uh, with the Golden Globes situation. You know how you always get hate on them for their yeah, yeah. their rule of their code of conduct and shit. Yeah. <clears throat> the Hollywood Foreign Press appoints external members to its board of directors, so they're not members of the HFPA. Uh, and also, like, I'm gonna just pause it right here and I'm gonna show you how they look like. <laughs> does this uh, uh, does this wow. at least make you happy? Oh. Uh, does this make you happy? Man, it's like, it's literally like, it's so, oh my goodness. That, is it, is it what like, a coincidence. What a coinc- <laughs> like, what a, oh my goodness. This is why I don't What, do you call it? what, is, the, what is the word I'm looking for? Affirmative action? You know what I mean? Like, it's, does, it, it's like, does it feel wrong or does it feel right? No, it feels forced. Like, let me make sure it's a black guy. Make sure, make sure it's, it's a black, black woman. woman. And then <laughs> you know we got to have a white woman, yeah. but make sure it's two women and one guy. Like, it's, <laughs> come on, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> do stuff because it's right, not do it just because it's convenient for you. <laughs> it should have been looking like this. If it looked like this from the jump, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. <laughs> I knew you were going to get like tick, ticked off on this. <laughs> They're like, they, this they know how this. to piss me off. They, <laughs> they know how to piss me off, boy. Like, real talk. I like it like... I like how every time we talked about the things that they're doing to turn the ship around, it pisses you uh, off. Yeah, it don't do nothing but make me matter. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, real tough. <laughs> Number 12, Shang-Chi, officially the highest rated comic book film. That makes me upset. 
But th- I mean, to be like on what though? High Rotten rate. Tomatoes. It's got the highest Rotten. Oh well, to be fair though, like it it don't got that many views. It ain't got the maximum amount of views yet, so it could still go down uh one or two. What's the name? Because it really depends on like just for instance, like Suicide the Suicide Squad, right? It has one point less, I think, than Chang Chi, but four hundred people reviewed it. So you know, and then no, it's it's not the critic score. It's the audience. Score. Oh, the audience. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't like that. Like, oh. Okay. Okay, the okay. audience rated above the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, but that above yeah. like all these comic book films and like uh, yeah, but that doesn't really matter. The, I mean, no, <laughs> she, the, she does not deserve that title. Yeah, but I mean, listen. To be honest, like it doesn't matter mainly because the audiences can literally like. They could hack it basically. Like if just say you like, like you could literally without seeing the movie, you could go and give it a good what's the name? You know what I'm saying? It ain't like the critics where they actually have to see it and review it. If you're if you're on Rotten Tomatoes, you don't know if someone's seen it or not. You could just yeah. say I wanted to have the highest rating, so let me give it a good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it, it really it's not a fair way of judging. You know where and that's why you see if you notice you see a lot of times see such a difference in the critic rating and the the audience, audience rating, yeah. yeah. And the audience rating here, I'm going to stop the, the, the extra news here a bit. I'm going to talk about this. I put up the article, Shang-Chi has a 98% on, on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience. Yeah. Beating out, like, Spider-Man Far From Home, which has 95%. The Dark Knight has 94%. Yeah. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie, has 93%. Yeah. Like, it, why the hell is it, like, like a margin that big, you know Yeah, what I mean? that's like, why, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I just feel like you could you could tell there's some kind of fuckery going on with mm. it. You all know, right. for all we know, all of China done went in there <laughs> and liked it or something. You know, who knows? Box, number 13, the box office report. Shang-Chi has stayed number one for the second weekend in a row, dropping only 54%. I think I typed 55 by accident. Uh, but yeah, 54%. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Malignant opened at number three at $5.4 million. The Card Counter opened at number eight at a million dollars. Show So, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty so-so box office. It's not really looking. I mean, it it don't really have that no competition, so it's probably gonna remain number one for a, for a while, even if it does have a high drop. I mean, because like the next best thing is Free Guy. Like, I yeah, mean, that's not gonna do. And anything. Free Guy, by the way, just crossed the one hundred million dollar mark. By the way, yeah, a so. very successful movie. Yeah, so that's gonna be it for the extra news, and there's a lot to to to, to chew on. So, what do you want to talk about? Well, I'm gonna have to talk faster because I, I want to like just almost every single one of these. I have something <laughs> to say. Um, as far as WE refusing to let the director shoot two back to back, I understand that. You know what I'm saying? I, Man, it could have been cheaper. Yeah, but listen, I understand that because a lot of people just think that's the best thing to do, but that's not always, you know, it's a lot of other things that go into making movies where sometimes that's not always the best option like so i listen for them say like we can't automatically just assume oh they should have let him do that like no because we don't understand you know we don't understand what's going on behind the scenes and negotiations that every when you shoot things like this you gotta like dinner in the lube like to shoot a lot of his stuff on location you gotta you know who knows you know what i'm saying but i'm not saying they're right for not letting them shoot back to back, but I'm just saying we can't just assume they're wrong. A lot of people just gonna automatically jump. Oh man, see Warner Brothers, they supposed to let him do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> There's certain things that you can't just get to do whatever. And these are big movies too. Like, I, like I, you know, at the end of the day, I think Dune is gonna be very successful. But we don't. It ain't like a foregone. This ain't like Star Wars where you could kind of no, know no. that it's gonna make. For all they know, this movie could bomb and lose them hundred million dollars. Then you gonna go shoot the second one back to back. So like, we we gotta kind of hold our breaks 
pranks on that and assuming that like that they're just wrong for doing it, you know. Mm. And uh, so yeah, that's how I feel about that. The Batman. Okay, so the whole thing about the Penguin spinoff. Now here's the thing: they're doing a lot of spinoffs to movies. I don't know because see, uh, it's it, it, I, I feel two different ways about the it. John Cena spinoff with the, the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Then you got the uh, the, the Birds the, of Prey. Uh, the, but Black Canary has a spinoff from Black there. Canary, and yeah. then you got the Gotham show. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, and then you got this. Now, here's my thing. If they're just making it out of nowhere, just randomly, oh, make a show, make a show, make a show, then I don't know if I like all these spinoff stuff because I just feel like it's random and they didn't want content for their thing. If they want content for HBO Max and they're not putting no thought and effort into producing and making these shows. That can make for a bunch of bad shows. If you're just, oh, green like that because we think it'll make Blue money. Beetle. Green, yeah, Blue Beetle. <laughs> Get them a show, you know? Like, and so, but... If their plan is the consistency I've seen in all this, if their plans are like we're gonna make these movies and then we're gonna have something side stream for I mean side show for just about every movie we do that we feel like is you know can be successful or we have good ideas you know what's for. Of, what's kind of interesting is like when you think about a movie and audiences always like cling to like a character like they're the breakout. Yeah, yeah, right. Like if they can sort of identify it internally real fast, like right, to be the breakout star. Right. Then you can like yeah, and so if that's what they're doing to me, that's a plan. And I'm okay with that, like because I mean, with uh, I, I I seen in an interview, uh, they they approached uh, James Gunn about doing the Peacemaker spinoff. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. I always thought it was James Gunn. Like, hey man, can we do another? But they approached him to do it. So if they seen like, oh, John Cena is gonna be a charismatic character in this, I think a lot of people are gonna like him, and he's John Cena. Let's do a spinoff show. Like to me, that's putting effort into kind of trying to come up with ideas. So if a lot of these spinoffs, if this is their like plan to do it, I, I like it. But if they're just randomly, oh, here's a show, here's a show, let's do a show. Then I don't like it. I feel like there's random, no thought into it. So we'll have to see, you know, down the line if this stays consistent with every movie. Is there going to be some kind of spinoff show to it? Then I, then I'll, I'll be like, okay, they are, have some consistency, and I like it. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's what I feel about that. Um, um, Disney. No, wait. So Disney confirmed that the rest of their film slate will be theatrical. Yes. So like, I can pull it up right now. So it says here, the last duel, October fifteenth. Ron's Gone Wrong, October 22nd. And this is the rest the of yeah. 21, right? The rest of 2021. So, Eternals, November 5th. West Side Story, December 10th. And The King's Man, December 22nd. See, this is good news, but it's frustrating in a way as well. Because I feel like they should have... Like you, like they should have been releasing them in in theaters. Like I, I feel like that's what is so annoying. Like it's like y'all are instead of y'all having a plan and coming up in a board as a board coming up with a plan and sticking to it and like really calculating their plan, and sticking to it. I feel like they're just oh Shane she made money, put them all in theaters. Like, you know what I mean? Like before, <laughs> no, it's like an ex interesting experiment. With yeah, Bob but yeah, like but it's and like the experiment was successful. They're like okay, the rest of our movies are this way. But see, because, but see that's stupid. Though because Eternals, they was up in the air. Who's gonna go to? Disney but that's what I mean, that. though. That's what I don't like. Like y'all, that's what y'all job is for to uh, uh, assess the situation and see what's best, not be reactionary. Because let's be uh, let's be real. Shang Chi is a Marvel movie. 
It made a lot of money because a lot of people want to see a Marvel movie on the big screen. We don't know if the last door or the West Side Story is gonna be a box office hit. <laughs> so what they gonna okay? What they gonna do if the last door bombs? Are they gonna go back to uh, putting them on streaming service? <laughs> you can't think like that. Y'all gotta be a board. Y'all gotta come up with these ideas and stick to y'all plan. One movie might bomb. Y'all gonna seem like y'all right. I mean wrong. One movie might be successful. Y'all gonna seem like y'all were right. But regardless, have y'all plan and stick to it. Y'all can't just be reactionary. Like oh, let's see what Shane she do to decide if we're gonna put anything else in theaters like that's ridiculous Shang-Chi did good you know what I'm saying uh, Black Widow did good but in some instances it didn't do good so it's like you can't really think like that so I like it because as a person that is an advocate of movie theater experiences I'm glad the rest of these are coming out but at the same time it's just a bit disappointing that y'all don't have a better foresight and better you know coming up with plans other than being reactionary so so also like uh, I think it's really interesting what they're doing with Encanto. Uh, it's that that uh, Disney animated movie we talked about, like yeah. with, uh, powers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna come out on November twenty fourth, and it says here in this article, I just somewhere up here, it's gonna come out on November twenty fourth um, in theaters exclusively for thirty days, um, and then it's gonna debut on December twenty fourth on Christmas Eve in Disney Plus. Yeah. So it's like you got that one two punch where you have the theater the theatrical money for thirty days, and then you have that that big Disney Plus. Like, and I'm home. cool with that. I'm cool with that like, because yeah. that's uh you know that like that's just the same as as uh movies getting uh you know how they get short releases and stuff like Oscar movies usually yeah. get like short releases that's basically what that is I'm cool with that yeah like with like wasn't it like Soul that came out on Di on Disney Plus on Christmas Day or, or my, my was favorite? it Soul I think I thought I thought it was Soul it was I, might have been Soul watching, it might have been Soul well I think we watched Soul like on Christmas like as a family like uh, on home and stuff like that so I thought it was before Christmas but I'm I don't know been I was like I, I wanted to say Thanksgiving but I think it was Christmas. You might, you might be right. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I think we made like a double feature. It was like Christmas Day. It was Christmas Day. We watched Wonder Woman in 1984 and so on the so, same day. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, that's, uh, let's go back to the uh, extra news here. No, uh, uh, Halloween Kills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's fucked up. Like, they're they putting that on Peacock, Peacock, and it's like, ah, uh, what? Like, I, like it, it's one of the things that just, it baffles me. Like, y'all not seeing these other studios not having that much success doing this? Well, and, no, well, I mean, Peacock is, like, one of the, like, it might be the worst streaming service as far as the yeah. numbers of subscribers. Right, right. Uh, so, I think Paramount Plus might even be above them, you know? Yeah, but so, like... So, what I'm saying is, they are sacrificing Halloween kills at the altar of Peacock to get the Peacock people to subscribe and pay money. But see, that's what I'm saying. That shit is stupid. Like, that, I understand that's what they're trying to do. I get that. But that's stupid for multiple reasons. Number one, you make most of your money in terms of getting that money back for releasing the theaters. That same movie could go to Peacock right after the theater. It's only 45 days. It's not like no one's going to want to see Halloween Kills at all no more. Like, you like you could get the best of both worlds. Get your box office money back for putting it out in theaters because you put hundred or whatever they paid to the do it. You get that money back. Put it in Peacock. You still do that. But and then, but this, this is the big problem I have with it. Like Netflix, Hulu, a lot of these streaming services, they got their shit from grinding. Like they had to make shows and make stop being lazy and like, oh man, we need to hurry up and catch up to put this movie in there. Put the, no, Cre create some great content and make people want to come to Peacock. Don't try to half step by doing all these like HBO Max where they well see it's different with HBO Max and Disney Plus because they had so much content already. They could just from years of years of a lot of their content they could just throw it on HBO Max as soon as you are uh, or Disney. 
Disney Plus soon as they have a bunch of shit. But like Netflix, Hulu, uh, what else was out around that? They had to grind their way to get to number one. It ain't like they could just come out with a bunch of content. They had to pay people to get content for like movies and stuff, and they had to make their own content. So if you're Peacock, to, to do this Halloween kills shortcut. And, yeah, <laughs> shortcut the director. No, man. And at the same end, on top of that, that's messed up for the director. Like the director, whoever directs movies, their dream is to be able to debut their shit in theaters. Now they gotta uh, put it on a garbage ass streaming <laughs> service. So yeah, that just annoys me, man. And, and it's like you're seeing that it's not working for other studios. Why would you just go? Oh, let me do the same thing that's costing Warner Brothers Christopher Nolan, or let me do the same <laughs> thing that's uh, having all these problems with. Uh, Disney, like it just With Scar Joe. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'm glad that Avengers Five is in motion. You know, what I'm saying it doesn't surprise me because it's Kevin Feige. Like all these movies that we're getting. They've been playing for the last five years. We're just now seeing them. So I mean, like with I'm talking about with Eternals and with Shang Chi, uh, with uh, uh, Black Widow, with these movies. I mean, with these streaming shows, we're seeing it now. But Kevin Feige had this planned out for five years. So by the time we get to that, like he's already going to be planning the next thing for the next five years. So it doesn't surprise me that the Avengers movie is already planned, and that's why these movies are coming out so good because he's planning way ahead to see like okay who needs to direct this this is the script we got who's going to write this or this is the story who's going to write this who's going to direct this who's going and it's, they just have so much time to figure it out so even though when they're shooting it it's looking like they're hurrying up jumping from movie to movie but they are it's already playing it's just about putting things in motion so i mean it's it's a great the, strategy the only thing i don't like about phase four is that phase four doesn't end with an avengers movie phase four and phase five they might as well just be one big phase because it's just movies. You know what I mean? Like, there's no yeah. end cap. To, yeah. Like, usually when like a phase ends, it ends with an Avengers game. Right, right. I, I mean, I, 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 I like the fact that they changing that up a little bit only because we just came from the big spectacle Avengers movie, yeah. right? So coming from Endgame, like all of the Marvel movies led up to Endgame. Well, Infinity War and Endgame, it led up to that. So I feel like to just jump right back to an Avengers movie, I think you want to kind of build a little more after. It's like the low after the high. You don't want to just jump to a another Avengers movie. So I kind of agree with not having it right after this phase, you know? That's what he said in this quote. He says, Oh, really? <laughs> Damn, like, we want there to be a reasonable amount of time for M from the end game to start a new saga. <laughs> this which, I know. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about because I swear I did never read that. <laughs> which is like in big, bold print right here, which is already underway and already started. Then you need some time, as we did in phase one, to build the saga before you start bringing everybody together. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what right. And I swear to God, on my mama's soul, I did not read that. <laughs> So yeah, let's uh, let's see here. What's next here? Um, the a, a noir uh, film. That's that's so yeah. That that sounds interesting. Uh, that boy Al Pacino getting money, but I don't really got nothing to say about this because I I don't know who's behind it. So like, a uh, uh, great cast. I mean, it's crazy how Al Pacino at eighty is still like. A, such a big factor in the game right now yeah. like that that lets you know he's one of the greatest top five actors to have ever acted to be so heavily in so many things we're still seeing Al Pacino like as if he is in his 30s like <laughs> and he's 80 years old like most dudes are retired or about to pass away at this age he's still making a lot of movies so I'm I mean I'm, I ain't gonna say I'm excited about this because I don't know enough about it but I'm definitely intrigued I mean you got an Oscar winning director yeah. that Taylor, did, Taylor Hackford he directed 
directed Ray. Oh, he did Ray. Okay, so I'm a little bit more excited for it then because uh, you know uh, Ray is a masterpiece, and, and Taylor uh, Hackford has done a lot of other good movies as well. So, I, I, and it sounds interesting. I'm interested that they got actors all above fifty as the main role. <laughs> so that seems interesting. Uh, I just I think Event of Let There Be Carnage is like ninety minutes long. I think it might be one of the shortest superhero movies. Yeah, see, I don't, you know, that to me that's bad news. Like, really? Yeah, that's bad news. Like, I feel like movies, you know, not all movies need to be long, not all movies need to be short. But it's like you're talking about a sequel in a big blockbuster franchise. It's only ninety minutes. Like to me, that's a letdown. Like it means you don't have a lot of story. Yeah, you don't have a lot of story. To me, it's like, and you know, they want to deliver in the action, so you need these slow moment character moments. Like, listen, movies are long if you think about Endgame right a lot of people when Endgame came out and introduced at three hours or whatever a lot of people felt like oh because it needs more time for the action or it needs more no Endgame is long because it needs more character time if you think about the first like 45 minutes it's all slow character moments about character dealing people dealing with losing people grief, and, yeah. and grief and all that like that's why that movie's long it's not long because oh we need this the biggest movie so we need more action it's because we need more character and story that's what's going to make it good so so when you look at a sequel to a blockbuster like Venom and then it's only 90 minutes long, it's gonna to me it's gonna show that they're just gonna be gunning for this fun action fast paced <laughs> movie and they're trying to cut it short. So it's probably I didn't like the first Venom, so I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm not gonna like this one either. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't Oh RIP to uh Michael K. Williams, man. He's a great actor. Uh I one of the first actors I watched in The Wire. So um RIP to him. Good good actor. I, I hated to see that news last week. And uh RIP to the um to um Mc, uh McDonald. Yeah. I, I used to watch Weekend Update like growing up on, on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night he was Live. a funny guy, man. Yeah. Funny guy. RIP to him. So to lose two people in one week is crazy. He like re like he basically invented the the Weekend Update like model. Like uh, I think Weekend Update was a thing, but he, yeah. when he took over that uh, as the anchor, like he re he recreated the show and started yeah. like over like and uh but yeah, that's um that is uh that's all, I got. That's all we got here because uh, we talked about the Shang-Chi stuff. I mean like I said, like that is ninety eight percent. Yeah, I, I ain't really tripping because it's the fan side. If it was the critic side, it'd be a little different. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, and move on to check this out. Check this out. So for check this out, Troy, we have eight trailers. Jeez, <laughs> it's like not a lot, but I'm not gonna lie, it's not. These aren't these these aren't that bad, actually, to tell you the truth. We talked about how the Matrix Resurrection is gonna have a trailer drop last Thursday, and uh, yeah, so yeah. we'll go ahead and uh, start things off here. Let me uh, mute the audio here. There we go. Uh, so the Matrix Resurrection trailer actually didn't really like. It didn't give away anything, in my opinion. Like it sort of like has like a bunch of shots, and uh, like it doesn't have any context. Um, you know, we just it has a little bit of context. You kind of understand that it's gonna have something to do with the past because you got the young or something to do with a version of the past or something because you got a young um you think is, is he Morpheus? Morpheus, yeah. That, he so got that young Morpheus. So it's like so time in some way gotta play a part if you got a young Morpheus. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you also understand that old girl don't remember who uh they don't remember each other. Yeah, yeah they don't remember each other. So you got something to something kind of alternate either alternate timeline or some kind of past or something like that but uh like you said don't give away a lot but man what a dope trailer though like, Does it, i mean it looks like um the like the 
This it doesn't really feel interesting. It feels like very like when you see everyone on their phones and stuff like that. There's like a yeah. part of me like almost kind of feels like the Matrix is more relevant now than it was then. Then uh, yeah, it feels like it matches this time. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, it it just looks fucking badass. Like I and yeah. I'm not gonna lie, like I'm not gonna act like this made me excited for this movie because after the last two Matrix being that bad, uh, I don't know if I could just jump on board. But uh, in terms of excitement, but this trailer was a masterpiece. Like, when you watch the trailer, like, because you gotta understand, one of the things that made Matrix so great was how revolutionary it felt. Like, when you yeah. see the stuff that was happening on screen and some of the great combat, it felt like something that was unusual. Like, you don't get to see quality like this. And when you watch this trailer, you get that same feeling. Like, oh, shit, they're bringing something new to cinema. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And so, it looked just dope. It was badass as fuck. What's his name? Yaya Abdul. What is, what is his name? I forgot. Uh, 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 Dude from Candyman, yeah. I, I do Labar. I don't know, but yeah, 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 Abdul Mateen. Now. Yeah, Mateen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what's what's really interesting is like he's getting he, a lot of work. He's man. like you know he's uh you know he's in uh, he was an Aquaman. He was a uh, Black Manta. You know, Black Manta. Yeah, he's getting mm-hmm. a lot of work. I'm not really a big fan of his, but really? yeah, like to me he's a okay actor. He's subpar. Like I didn't like him in Aquaman at all. Like <laughs> he, his, yeah, I didn't like him in and I liked Aquaman. I really did. <laughs> But uh, I just feel like he's up. Damn, I don't know. You, you, you like, can't be talking shit about your homie. Like, my, uh, 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 my homeboy? Yeah, Hell, nah, nah. <laughs> I, I, listen, I don't think he's terrible. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't think he's great actor. That's just me. A lot of people probably disagree, but that's just me. I don't think he's great. But that being said, he's getting a lot of work. So obviously Hollywood disagree because he's getting a lot of work. My my only problem is like I wish they brought Lawrence Fishburne back. I really think that you needed know. to have like the Trinity. I know, like you know that 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 only two out of three, like. I don't even know. I don't know if it was like a situation where like they didn't even ask. Uh, well, Lawrence I Fishburne. mean, if 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 the um if like I like if I don't know remember if, I don't know if I'm making this up, but like I feel like. I remember reading something about like Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne wasn't even asked to come back. Well, yeah, well, because if the story, like, it seems to me that the story is taking, like, the reason why he's recast, it seems like he's younger. So they kind of casted a younger guy instead of doing the, like, whole, like, de aging thing. They probably was, like, the traditional way of casting a younger guy. So it doesn't feel like they just recasted him for no reason. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that, that seems to make sense. Next up is Hawkeye. And, uh, not gonna lie, I'm like not really that uh, excited. Like, I mean, it just sort of felt all right. Like the Rogers musical that was happening, and uh, and there was I was more excited about that than I was yeah. about the actual. Like, yeah. Uh, when, <laughs> you I, the trailer? Would you, what I you personally think? didn't like the trailer at all. Like, uh, first of all, it didn't the the whole like uh, Christmas feel didn't go with the to me didn't go with the what they were presenting to me. It's it like just didn't to match. Yeah, it didn't match. And uh, uh, and honestly, to be honest, like, and this is just me being real, I'm not the biggest Hawkeye fan. Like, he doesn't. It's not that I don't like him. He just doesn't do nothing for me. A dude shoots arrows. Like, I, I'm like really. So he doesn't really do nothing for me. The only thing that I did like about the story is how they kind of went with the end game. I mean, with the uh, end game kind of how, or was it end game? Yeah, end game, yeah. where he became like a ninja, a badass nun. Yeah, yeah. So I like how they kind of, you know, continue in that story. But overall, I don't think I'm going to really watch the show. <clears throat> it, it, it's, you know, it looks subpar. They're going to add another archer in there that's going to be also doing the same shit. Well, I think Kate Bishop, is. I think they're trying to set up for Young Avengers. Young yeah. Avengers, yeah. And, I, and I'm not on board with that so far. Damn. Uh, yeah, because they doing it with old girls too with a uh, black widow like she got her little sister you know what i'm saying well i was thinking like what's uh what's her name um 
Damn. Uh, uh, what service? Uh, Cassie Lane. For, from Avengers Endgame, how they aged her up. So oh she yeah, she yeah, young Avengers stature. Right, stature, yeah. So I, you know, I ain't gonna lie, it just didn't do nothing for me. It, it, you know, uh, I'm this probably gonna be the first Disney uh, Marvel show that I'm not well, gonna watch. Bull, yeah. I call bullshit. I yeah. think you're gonna watch it. Nah, I don't think so. Like, uh, like, like here's the thing. I minimum the, the pilot. Here's the th- here's the thing. Like I'm not I don't really just watch stuff just because it's DC or Marvel. Like the same thing with DC. I'm not gonna watch this damn Penguin mo- show just because it's DC. It's the Penguin. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. Uh, I'm not, I'm definitely gonna not gonna watch Peacemaker just because it's Peacemaker. Like damn. it has to make intrigue me and make me want to watch it. I watched Loki because I love Loki. I watched WandaVision because that looked like a phenomenal story based off the trailers. I'm blown away by it. And I watched Hawkeye and um. Uh, what's I mean, yeah, uh, no, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier because I like so, yeah, same way you see that I haven't watched an episode yet of uh, what if, yeah. of what if, yeah, so I'm not gonna just be on board. Oh, it's Marvel, I'm gonna watch it. No, DC, I'm gonna watch, no, I gotta I'm, like it. So, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm personally <laughs> like, I'm only shows I'm looking for right now is the, the Gotham show that that's uh off the that's um spin off the Batman like they're doing like a I mean it's gonna be like a uh police detective show. That show and like another sh- another couple of shows, maybe the penguin, but that's really it. Okay. Next up is Encounter. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. This just looks interesting. Uh I wanted to just give like some a little bit of service to Riz Ahmed since we made fun of him in the in the Mogul Mowgli. Yeah yeah yeah. So He's got a. <laughs> I'm making you laugh right now. <laughs> that shit was fucking funny, cause, cause we thought he was Mowgli, like from Jungle Book. That's what cracked me up. Cause it's like that's Mowgli. <laughs> so yeah, it's so, good he made a comeback that quick. Yeah. So he's got a movie coming out called Encounter. It's starring Riz Ahmed and Octavia Spencer, and it's about a father that goes to save his sons. Like he, I think he's like, let me see here. A decorated Marine goes on a rescue mission to save his two young sons from a mysterious threat. As, lo- as our journey takes them in an increasingly dangerous directions, the boys will need to leave their childhoods behind. It looks like an intense movie, and it's an Amazon Prime movie, so um, it'll be on Amazon Prime. It, may be, it might be in theaters uh, for like a limited release thing, but December 10th, it's going to be rated R. It looks action-y. Yeah. I, like I mean, it, it, I'm I'm it don't look bad. It don't do nothing for me. It don't look bad. Damn, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about injustice shit. You know what? Let's do it right now because I actually did not even put that in the in the uh, check this out doc. So let's pull up the injustice trailer because I forgot about it. Um, injustice is gonna have an animated uh, movie. It's like you know those DC movies that always have those animated yeah. cinematic universe things yeah. going on. So uh, they're doing uh, Injustice League. They captured and kidnap uh, Lois Lane, and Batman is on the case, and he's like, "I'm gonna, we gotta go save Lois. It's one of ours," and stuff like that. And so um, I've played. It's literally like a retelling of the uh, video game. Video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that looks fun. Listen, I, I'm super excited about this. Like, I haven't anybody that knows me like these DC cartoons. I don't really fuck with them like that because they trash these. These days, back in the day, they were amazing. When you had Justice Red Hood, when you had like. Uh, 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 what else? We had Justice Red Hood. Did you like Justice League War? Oh, no, you didn't like it. Like I didn't like War, yeah. nah. But back in the day, Flashpoint, when Flashpoint Paradox yeah. was a masterpiece. Like they used to really come with it. Like yeah. a lot of these, mo- but then it's like once they start doing basing their cartoons off the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Like once they like with War and all those, them were like New Fifty Two type characters. I did not like. I haven't been liking them in a long time. But uh, this looks fantastic. Like because it's like it's, it's its own story. It's not like it's gonna be based off like. 
like new 52 shit. It's going to be off the Injustice shit. And I love the Injustice video game. I played that game so many times and the story's fantastic. So for you them know, to animate that. You know what's kind of interesting is that I actually was expecting like whenever they said, oh, an Injustice movie is being made. I was thinking Injustice theatrical movie, like a theatrical animated movie. I don't know why, but I completely forgot about the straight to Blu-ray, straight to Blu-ray uh, dude, Disney yeah. or DC movies. And yeah, stuff like that. and I'm glad they still somewhat doing that because I would, I already thought that that this would go extinct. All these straight to DVD, like they just did it with uh, uh, what what was the last one that just came out? I think it was uh. It was, what the fuck was it? Oh, it was a uh, Red Hood. Like, they did, like, the Red Hood, a new version of the Red Hood that came out or whatever. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm surprised that they're still doing this because you would think, all right, just put this on HBO Max. Like, it's a new put thing. Put it on DC Universe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do they even still have that? I don't think so. Uh, that shit wha <laughs> was whack as fuck. But, yeah, so... You know, I'm glad because, like, you know, I'm a fan of hard copy media still. So, I, you know, I'm, I'll be interested in picking that up. Now, we teased this last week, uh, The Guilty, which is the – we put out a teaser trailer on yeah. Check This Out last week, and this is the actual full-blown trailer, mm -hmm. the trailer trailer. And it's starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It's the, called The Guilty, and he's, like, a 911 operator. Uh, this one actually has, like – you already got like in the the feeling of intensity like on the teaser trailer uh, if you actually watched it, yeah. but now on this trailer like you actually have even more intensity, more context, and it actually I actually makes it makes me want to watch this movie by the way mm. just how much uh, okay. like it, it reminds me of like uh, that Halle Berry movie mixed with like Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. So it does it does have that like both of those like it's, <laughs> yeah. it have like the story of the Holly Berry and the tone of Nightcrawler. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yes. Um. So let me look at this here. Uh. It says it's um. It doesn't have a release date on this description. Usually they put they put the release dates on here. Yeah. But okay, whatever. So um. I don't know if you have you actually did you actually watch this trailer? Or yeah, I did. did. I yeah. The, the, here's the thing. Like I don't necessarily think it's gonna be anything bad uh i just don't trust netflix yet so <laughs> the thing is that uh, i gotta wait and see on this one okay. you know what i'm saying and, I, and jake gyllenhaal doesn't do good at picking movies for his talent i feel like he picks subpar movies like every now and then you get a night crawler or something like that but if you look at his resume he's not the best at picking he's got great prince movies. of persia in there <laughs> right he throws in like, trash every now and then you know he'll have end of watch and he'll have like one source of his code source code but then he'll throw in some garbage mixed in there so you don't know if this one of his good movies or one of his bad movies damn uh, okay all right okay we'll go ahead and uh, move on to the next bit uh don't look up Ooh. oh my god this is a good week for trailers i'm gonna lie i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah i actually had to cut any yeah. movies out of this just to just yeah. to because we have so many trailers to cover but this trailer is just just mostly leonardo dicaprio just breathing yeah, Real yeah, talk. yeah. But like, you get an understanding of like this, and this is one of my top five most anticipated movies of the year. I mean, we've been already talk, talking. We've been talking <laughs> about this, but you know, what I'm saying like the director that did this movie is a master. Adam McKay is a master director. He's not yes. just one. He's of, not just comedy. He's yeah. not just yeah. He's not just a good comedy director. No, he's a master filmmaker that also is good at comedy. It's a difference. And uh, the cast in this is probably one of the best casts ever put together. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like literally not a single person that is not a superstar in the movie. Like it makes me question how they get the money to pay all these celebrities to be in this movie. <laughs> like so, it, yeah. uh, um, the and the talent level is ridiculous. 
just but and usually when the talent level is that high, they all read a script that was so amazing that they all had to be in it. And uh, I might add, Leonardo DiCaprio is the best in the business at picking movies. We just talked about how <laughs> we just talked about how what's the name is not uh, good. Leonardo DiCaprio every single just about every single movie he does gets a nom- a best picture nomination. Just about every single one. Like he doesn't have a bad movie. If he does, it's like ten years ago. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and so he's being for him to be in this Netflix movie, it must be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm excited about that. You know what I mean? So yeah. So to me in select theaters and on uh, Netflix on December 24th. Yeah. So it looks like an Oscar t- contender to me. Yes. And I like that. And it's like such a unique premise. Like it's like the end of a world movie. Yeah. Like you know, like I don't really even understand. I can't even fathom how the story is gonna work out, but. And and also I might add like Leonardo DiCaprio he proves again that he's like probably the he's the biggest star on earth. A lot of people say like rock, rock or like no it's Leonardo DiCaprio. This te- teaser one minute teaser got like ten million views like already like and it's mostly got Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm telling people that Leonardo DiCaprio is the biggest you know star. He makes movies that shouldn't even do a hundred million and they do like five hundred million. You know what I'm saying like so. I'm telling you, this movie gonna be successful for Netflix. So we have Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Jesus Christ, uh, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, God. Ariana Grande, Kate Blanchett, and Meryl Streep. Like that don't even seem real. <laughs> like, it, like how do you get all these people? Like, I don't even understand how they had the money to pay all these people. And I heard Leo wanted thirty M's for him. Like, <laughs> Leo, like, oh y'all Netflix, y'all got unlimited money. I need thirty million. And then I think uh, Jennifer Lawrence got. 20 million. Both of those are records for like uh movie that for movies just ba- straight to streaming, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like Jesus Christ. And then that's just them two. That's 50 million in terms of budget. That's 50 million with just two, two actors. actors. And then you have a whole celebrity list of actors. And a production defense. And you gotta do the production. What the <laughs> fuck? Netflix, they just they just got unlimited money, man. Like this movie had to have been like a two hundred and something million dollar budget. Like what's really interesting is like if you think about the math, like if you have 200 million subscribers, and let's just say they all pay $10 each, but there can be higher or lower. Yeah. And that's $2 billion you're making a month. Yeah, right. It's like insane. Like, yeah. And that's a, that's a completely. And, but, and it trips me out because Netflix is in debt. So I don't be understanding. Because they spend more money on content to, than they make in, in subscription. Yeah, it just tripped me out. Like if you making that much money, why are you still going over? But like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you making billions a month. Like why are you going, how are you spending that much more than what you're making to be in debt? Like I Servers uh, for like uh, programming, the talent, like per, like production, like you're you're you got to spend money to make money, kind of thing. And they're well, like, that's like they're spending money to lose money. That's <laughs> like they operating on the opposite end of the spectrum. But hey, if they're doing it, some right, some they doing. I don't right. think I actually mentioned the name of the title of the Leo Leonardo DiCaprio movie. It's called Don't Look Up. Yeah. Uh, next up is Zero Contact, which is a uh, a movie that I almost didn't include because. It felt really weird. It's uh, it's starring <laughs> it's starring, yeah. it's starring Anthony Hopkins. And it's like, it felt weird. I yeah. didn't include Look it. At this. I've never heard of this. Vuel Vuel. I don't I even know. It it's like I think it's like a streaming service. It says, uh, um, <laughs> the, let's see here. It's directed and written blah blah and arrives on September twenty fourth on the global NFT distribution and viewing platform V U E L E. I don't know what that. You ain't never heard of that. Nuh-uh. Me either. so it's coming out literally like in 10 days it's an anthony hopkins movie and i don't even know how the fuck they got anthony hopkins i don't know either like if anthony hopkins wasn't in this movie we probably wouldn't even review this trailer right now exactly (laughs) i almost cut this trailer i mean but hey listen to be fair like 
you know, it might be a great script. You know, sometimes when you got a great script, man, you can get anybody like, who knows, this movie might be great and we just don't have no clue where the platform is coming out on or what it's going to be. But in terms of, we don't know what the script was like. That's probably how they got Anthony Hopkins. So it's shot like that one movie, uh, what's that movie called? Searching. Searching, yeah. It's ser- It's literally like got that, uh, that, that, uh, that vibe that to FaceTime it. yeah call. that FaceTime call uh, yeah. so basically yeah they're they're literally like see like, I don't know if I like that only cause searching did it first yeah. so now if you do it after it just feels gimmicky like or it yeah. feels like you're just stealing well, their shit like well, you know? Unfriended did it first but you know oh, they well, did, they did but they did a bad, did a bad job, job yeah, yeah yeah searching mastered yeah. it like it was yeah. a great movie but this I don't know it might be good though I don't you know and you, you got you got Anthony Hopkins doing a face Time style. Yeah, that's crazy. Performance. But see, hey, but to be fair though, like, because I remember watching Searching and I was like, for them to do this movie and damn, this got some horror shit. Hey, go go back. That shit was, I ain't gonna lie. If this is a scary movie, I'm excited because this is a very good idea for a scary like, like don't that shit kind of scare yeah. you like it's like because it, it's an intruder if, it's yeah. an intruder breaking in but he's got like this scrambler thing that oh, like masks that. his like his camera lie, so bro. you have a camera pointing at him you can see digitized shit I ain't gonna lie this is an interesting movie I ain't gonna lie just seeing this trailer it, it's an interesting premise I should say that it's an interesting premise but also like what I was about to say before is one thing about doing a movie like this, it forces you to have a good story because if you don't have a good story and you're telling a, a movie with this type of style, it can be very, like, very boring. You know what I mean? Because you're seeing this in this kind of quality. You're like, what the hell? So it got to be something engaging about the story to keep you invested in this, like Searching was. So it seems interesting to me, man. I ain't going to lie. It makes me very curious because it seems like a mystery type of movie. It's Let me read you the, the synopsis. Zero Contact follows five characters based all over the world, connected by their only devo- devotion to the late founder and tech titan, Finley Hart, played by Anthony Hopkins. Forced to work together to shut down Hart most secret invention, a machine that is either the solution to mankind's problems or the end of the earth. So, see, there ain't uh, a lot of synopsis made me less interested. <laughs> I think uh, Anthony Hopkins, would, I watched the trailer and it makes it seem like Anthony Hopkins invented a time machine, mm-hmm. is what it seems like. And they're yeah. trying to like fix his problems that he created because if the time machine fucks up, it creates the end of the world like a paradox thing. And so they need uh, to fix the so, uh, See, never mind. So, I, I was more excited. I, I ain't, it seemed like they going for some sci-fi shit. Yeah, but, some sci-fi yeah, shit. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't know they were doing and that. And then I guess somebody's trying to kill him for like to, preventing them or I don't know I what guess. the hell's going on. But yeah, like I said, this is a, the only thing that's remarkable is that it's Anthony Hopkins. It's got Anthony that's Hopkins, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, made, that makes it more legit. Like, it don't just feel like some random movie. Like Yeah. Next up is Last Night in Soho. Oh my God, Anya I Taylor can't wait Joy. for this movie. God damn, I'm so excited. Because this Edgar is Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah. bro. Like, in the trailer, uh, is this a new trailer? This is a new trailer. Oh shit, you I haven't even seen, seen this trailer. I'm tripping, bro. Like, but the, all I know is the first trailer was mesmerizing. It was so good. We got more stories. So, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, this Fuck, shows, why this shows more. I should have seen the goddamn trailer, man. I'm mad at myself for not seeing the trailer. But I'm so excited for this because, listen, one of the things with horror, like, I was just talking about when I just seen Candyman. It's like, they so feel so cliche. But just watching a trailer of this, I felt like this is unique. Like, yeah. this is a unique story, and it feels legitimately scary just off camera movement. Like, this shit creeped me out in the first trailer when she walked up to a different person and it's like that shit is cre- it's just it's a tone thing it's mm-hmm. a tone thing you gotta master shot, for look at this look at, oh, you see, look, at, look at this shot right here she's going down the stairs and on the mirror 
It's someone else. Yeah, see, like, it just seems like, like such a unique idea, right? Like, the way this, this movie is shot is like top, phenomenal. Top it's notch. Like, yeah, yeah like, top notch, man. Yeah, like, it, to me, it just it seems like a unique idea. That's It's, this, it's that simple. It feels unique and different. And, uh, and I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and watch this trailer because that's one of the things I wanted to see more is a little bit more story from the first trailer. But yeah, Edgar Wright, I'm excited because he's Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah, and as I stated before, I forgot to mention, as always, and check this out, the links are always going to be in the description uh, when you guys want to watch the trailers for all the things and that we're talking uh, about. And Taylor Joy, Anna Taylor Joy, she's like in all the horror movies. Like, she's <laughs> she's typecast at this point yeah. in horror movies, what but it, uh, it works for her. What so is it called? Um, uh, Split? You Split, know? yeah, she was uh, in Split. She was in a bunch of stuff. Mutants. New Mutants, yeah. yeah. She's in and other stuff, too. I just can't think. But, yeah, I'm excited for it. This October is coming, baby. Yeah, so, yeah, it does come out. I, I guess the trailer says it here. Um, let me see. I'm pulling it up here. Man, this October is the, 29th. This, hey, this is the best we did for trailer. <laughs> like, I, this is ranked number one for trailer <laughs> that we've ever done. Like, Jesus Christ. All right. Next up here, I want to just, I guess, ending it on a bit on of a bad a note. note. <laughs> on a bit of a bad note, but not going to lie, though, this makes me want to watch this movie. Uh, we had a t- we covered a teaser trailer. It looks nice. It looks- uh, yeah, I like how it looks. It looks badass. Like- yeah, we covered a teaser trailer before. Now it's the second trailer has come up for a movie called Ron's Gone Wrong. It comes out next month in October. Um, it's uh, made by, you know, 20th Century Fox. It's an animated movie. It's a kid animated movie. And he's got, um, he's got his own little, like, pet robot. So, basically, like, it's, we covered it, like, the, the premise before. Yeah. But this is, like, this gives me, like, a better idea of the premise and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. I actually am, uh, intrigued. And because I, I kind of like to fall for, like, these kid movies, like, a lot of times. Visually, it makes me want to see it just because it looks really good. Like, it, it, it really... looks, it's got that Pixar-ish kind of yeah, look. Yeah, it got it. a Pixar look to it, but, like, in terms of the little robots, how they look, like, it looked like the lighting is different. Like, I don't know. It looks something, it looks, it looks dope. Like, and I think that makes me want to, and I'm a big fan of Pixar, too, you know, so these, anything that's Pixar or copying Pixar yeah. in terms of like this yeah. I, I'm interested so yeah so there's there's a lot going on with the trailer see look how that looks that didn't look like a cartoon like the robot I don't know it looks different it's from like the it's like illuminated anim- yeah. yeah yeah and it looks cool uh, so yeah we see a lot more personality of the robot by the way like we have way more context than the teaser let us know and so, hey like, this I'm, might win best animated film for while we're bullshitting you know what I wouldn't even be surprised if it's nominated because Pixar is going to obviously Pixar win like it's the Pixar category you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> uh, the only time Pixar ever didn't win was when Spider-Verse happened yeah I mean? Spider-Verse yeah but otherwise like you know what I mean like it's it's got something going on where it's like it like the robot touched the robot and it created like a virus yeah uh, kind of situation so it looks like insane it does it lo- visually insane. It looks impressive. I, I will say that it looks impressive and it looks fun. so. Yeah. So I will. We'll keep the title. The best week of check this out. <laughs> oh yeah, this is the best by far. Like it's the best week ever yes. for check this out. Yeah. So I I'm gonna watch this movie. You know what? I'm gonna just I'm gonna commit to saying that I'm gonna watch this movie in theaters when it comes out. Hey. I actually I, I'm sold. I was sold by the teaser to tell you the truth. But I'm even more. I, was, I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't sold by the teaser. I ain't really? gonna lie, because when we sent the teaser, I felt a little goofy, like a little robot running around. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, but th- this now, it looks yeah. it looks better, a lot better, yeah. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to check this out. Oh, not say check this out. Topic of the show. Topic of the show. time for topic of the show um for topic of the show this week we're going to be talking about um streaming services and what 
should studios own streaming services? Now, I have a, an article from like 2020 that I can that I pulled up here for reference, and it's talking about like an old law from 1945. It's called the Paramount Decrees. Um, they were ended last year in August of 2020, and uh, this is an article talking about why it's a bad idea. I'm not going to actually read the full article. The first half of the article is talking about the Paramount Decrees and what they meant and what they did. The second half of the article is opinions. I'm not going to read that part. I just want to give you guys the factual context of what's going on here. At a time when theatrical distributions and movie theaters are facing unprecedented challenges, the federal government just dealt them another blow. Um, this is, again, August 2020. Uh, on Friday, a New York federal judge approved a motion from the U.S. Department of Justice to end the Paramount consent decrees, which have dictated the movie industry licensing rules for over 70 years. Given this changing marketplace, the court finds that it's unlikely that the remaining defendants would collude to once again limit their film distribution to a select group of theaters in the absence of the decrees and finds, therefore, that the termination is in the public interest. Um, and uh, there was a 17-page court opinion here. Uh, and it says here, in the landmark 1948 decision of the United States versus Paramount effectively ended the classic Hollywood studio system, forcing major studios, including Paramount, RKO, MGM, Universal, Columbia, and 20th Century Fox, to divest from vertical integration. At a time of the decision, it was commonplace for studios to own, to own large swaths of theaters in the country, which they filed uh, which they filled with their own output. So, like, let me just go ahead and explain that here. Warner Brothers, let's just say, okay, Paramount owned movie theaters that were Paramount-owned. Therefore, they only played Paramount movies. Mm, yeah. They did not play Warner Brothers movies. Right, they did not play Universal movies. Yeah. yeah. It was Paramount made the movies. Paramount exhibited the movies. Mm. So, what they did is in these Paramount decrees is they said, movie theaters, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, movie studios, you're not allowed to own your own theaters. Mm. You need to... Uh, not be the person who vertically integrates. You can't. Yeah. So basically now you have companies like AMC and Cinemark and all this other stuff like pop up and they're the exhibitors and they're the ones that like bid for and just get like deals from so, all the companies. So basically movie theaters can now play all the studios right. from Disney to Warner Brothers to Paramount. Okay. So that's yeah. basically what happened. Okay. So, but so why would they change that? Though? They did. They abolished that law. They got rid why? of that. What the fuck? Why you, didn't know, like, you did not know about this? Damn, bro. Like, so <laughs> that means people they can start doing theaters again. So, like, like so in theory, like this uh, article goes later on. It's like they say in theory, Amazon can buy all the studio, the movie theaters, and Amazon uh, can start. You know, like, like they like, can say. But see, here's the thing: Why would they embellish that law when it's important more now more than ever? They're saying that it's not important. This this uh, this, this article uh, saying it's no, not important. No, no, wait, no. This article saying it's important, but the judge that ruled says that this law is irrelevant. It's old. That's so That's what it's saying. Stupid, man. Oh okay. My God. So with the Paramount decrees, studios were ordered to get rid of their distribution arms or theaters, requiring them to sell the theaters to independent companies. They also made uh, made to end the practice of what was known as block booking, which was bundling multiple films under one license, forcing theaters to take subpar content alongside major releases and circuit dealing. Okay, wait. Let's go ahead and let's stop there before I get to the circuit dealing. So basically, block booking means that. If you want me to play, if you want to play Star Wars, uh, like let's say I'm Disney. If you want to play Star Wars in your movie theater, you also need to book these two movies that are not going to make you money. Oh, so 
they were forced to take the the good movies with the bad movies to play yeah, it yeah. in order to play it. And they were saying they banned it. They banned they, that, that, that. Yeah, the Paramount Decrees banned that practice too. Damn. You have to book a movie on a one so, by one so basis. So they're saying since that since all this stuff is now allowed again because they ended that. Yeah. Oh my god. They're saying that it's possible. They're saying that it's possible that they can they can do these things because now they're illegal. Uh, the other thing was uh, say block booking and then there's circuit dealing which license uh, a film to all theaters under common ownership rather than a theater by theater basis these two terms have been given a sunset period over two years in the, in the new decision to allow theaters time to build new business practices uh, so let me just go ahead and say uh, why they uh, they thought the, that it's irrelevant. It says, uh, last November, the Department of Justice moved to abolish these decrees with the argument that they have outlived their usefulness due to changing business models. Uh, Judge Torres agreed with the argument, suggesting that the shifting media landscape and the rise of new studios not bound by the decrees have made them irrelevant. So at the time, Disney didn't exist. So Disney technically did not have to pay, play by these rules, but they did anyways because they were operating under good faith, that they it applies to them too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's just basically saying that studios that have formed like Lionsgate didn't exist back in the forties. Hopefully that that the, these studios were still operating. They were. Faith. They were operating under these assumptions. I'm saying hopefully they still continue. Beyond okay. Yeah. Beyond okay. Yeah. So it says here in today's landscape, although there are some geographic areas with only one screen theaters. Most markets have multiple movie theaters with multiple screens simultaneously showing multiple movies from multiple distributors. There are also other movie distribution platforms like television, the internet, and DVDs that did not exist in the 1930s and 40s. Given these significant changes to the market, there is less danger that a block booking licensing agreement would create a barrier to entry that would foreclose independent movie distributors from sufficient access to the market. They're saying That's that not true, though. they're saying that like, hey, like we have all these other things. The internet's a thing. We Blu-ray's a thing. Like, this doesn't matter. Like, that's what they're trying to say. And that's why they abolished those laws. That's such a stupid, like, <laughs> that's so dumb. That They're basically saying, since this is old, it don't matter no more. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You got laws that still, like, for, like, that don't make no sense. Like, and the thing about it is, it's like, it's even worse now. Because... You have like all these different streaming services that want to get into the game, and if anything, like you just mentioned, Amazon, they might say, "Look, we got the money. Let's buy. It. Let's buy a shit ton of theaters and just we're only over. play our shit, you and know." And then Netflix say, "Oh, you bitches! All right, buy now, let's buy all these theaters and only play this now." And then and now the the studios are like, "Damn, we got to get in this game because these net streaming. Let's buy all the, like it's 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 even worse now because theaters the, are hurting, hurting for money." Right, yeah. since theaters are hurting for money, uh, so it, soon as soon as one or two of these streaming Talk services about, like, do the bankruptcy that, or like they are filing for bankruptcy for like the Alamo Draft House and all that. Right, stuff. like as soon as they do that for a year or something, like that's gonna start putting, and it's gonna be in a situation where you see how it is with streaming services now, where it's like. Everything, all the content is spread it out through yeah. streaming service. Like, damn, I gotta get Disney Plus to get this. I gotta I get, get Netflix to watch this. I gotta watch Peacock. Right, it's gonna be like that with theaters. Like yeah. soon, it's gonna be like, damn, I gotta go to this theater to see this movie. I gotta go to this theater to see this. Like, you won't be able to just go to AMC and then after you leave this movie, you might have another screening for another movie. That's uh, like you gotta literally go to just different theaters. It's gonna put like AMC and all these. Uh, Alamo that's gonna put them out of business like it's it's very is it, and like it really makes me question it's so stupid and their excuse is so stupid it made me question like if it was some kind of like 
uh, shady shit going on in the background. Well, this was also done in like uh, August of 2020, and technically Trump was still president. So Trump was like big on deregulating stuff. Yeah, like it made me feel like it was some shady shit going on. Because first of all, the law is so old. Why would you even want to change it? Like it's been this way. Like what does it do? Like what is the purpose of like? Because usually when you change a law or change anything, it's well, because something yeah. was wrong and we need to correct, make, it. correct it. What is this correcting? Like yeah. it, so you just and, changing and it. And not to mention like some of the arguments in the in their their verbiage said like you know they're saying. They basically are read to me as saying studios wouldn't do it, dare do this anyway. So yeah, but yeah. that's not true that's, because like yeah. like first that's of all, people saying. are always uh, every competition business are looking to get a way up on their competition, right? So right now they might not think of it, but one day someone might. Hey, I got a bright idea. You know it's legal now. We can get our own theater. Hey, we got the money, and then they do it, and then it's and it always creates something a, a, a domino effect, and where everybody's gonna have to start doing it. Then it creates a problem, right? Like it's. In a way, it happened with Netflix. Netflix was the first ones to do the streaming service. It was a good idea. Everybody loved Netflix, and now everybody say, "Damn, I got to get me a streaming service." Then you get a streaming. I and now, get me a Netflix, yeah. now we in a situation where we got too many streaming services. It's like, yeah. it's like it's streaming services everywhere. All it takes is one person to do that. It takes one Paramount to say, "All right, let me." Since they were around when this happened, Paramount might say, "Let me uh, buy a theater and have only my shit in there." And then, and then what makes it worse is. It's other shit that you could do now. Like now, well, I mean, like, let me think about. Let me put it to you this way: What if Paramount bought a theater, like let's say a couple of theaters on a couple of cities, and they were like, "We're gonna show legacy stuff, like old Paramount movies," yeah, because you know it's our theater. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to like see like? Top Gun One in theaters. No, absolutely not. Because first of all, it's already movies that it's already movie theaters that do that. They play classic movies like uh, it's movie theaters that on Wednesday if you go in at uh, if you go at three that have uh, Goodfellas playing or and then uh, but but they do it through all different. Uh, yeah. Studio, so they already do that. That's not like something that'll be revolutionary. Like, oh, we get to see these classes. Hell no, we could already <laughs> do that. Like, and even if we couldn't do that, I still wouldn't. That's not worth it. Like, going to see yeah. a classic movie in theater is not worth the changing the whole, you know, dynamic well, of how I mean, we see them. I'm just trying to, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, devil advocate, it. but I'm just saying, like, to me, it's not a good idea. No way you look at it, and what make it worse is like you're not just opening up the opportunity to do that but like just like that other shit that was like uh you could like if you play one movie what did it say you play one movie you block, gotta play block, the, block booking block booking now you could block book so like what if people start doing that shit you know what i mean it's just to me it just seems like it was some shady shit behind the scenes so what's kind of interesting is like vertical integration is a thing that exists in like all the time like yeah right apple no like matter the, what like the yeah. apple store the yeah. Apple stores exist because Apple is the one that manufactured the phone and the laptop, and they're selling it in their own store, their own retail space. Right. You know what I mean? They don't have to sell it at AT&T or sell it at Walmart right. or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, it's a way of like owning like everything. And right. I think that it's, it's interesting to think about it that way. And that's sort of like when I was going to sort of play back to the, the actual topic of the show. The topic of the show isn't about the Paramount decrees, by the way. It's about studios owning streaming services. Because studios like Disney Plus, Disney makes the content. And Disney can deliver you the content. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, you, you have a straight pipeline direct to Disney. You yeah. pay them directly for the content and stuff like that. And so my, my the, the question that I'm posing is like sort of harkens to the, the Paramount decrees in the sense that 
you know, should it be okay for a streaming service like a like a Paramount to have a Paramount Plus, for a Universal to have Peacock, for Disney to have Disney Plus, for Warner Brothers to have HBO Max? Yeah. You know, like basically a movie studio is also owning the content distribution arm. Yeah. See, I'm cool with that. So yeah, yeah. see, I'm okay. cool with that. See, because it's a bit different, right? So like. Like and like how you said, as the topic of the show is more about that than the theater thing. The theater thing is different from the from the content thing. So yeah. the theater thing is like, like eventually it could potentially in theaters as we know it. Mm-hmm. Like you know where you have to go to a certain theater to watch a, a certain, a certain thing. Yeah. Now in terms of the, the- uh, in terms of it going straight to a streaming service, yes, you you gotta have the streaming service to watch it, but there's no dedication to the streaming service, right? Like you could I could get Netflix just to watch one show and then in my Netflix description. So yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't affect me for all these different studios to release their shit on their own what's the name? Like yeah. you know and if they made it, it's okay to let them release it how they want to release it. You see what I'm saying? Like it's okay if Peacock, they want to release their shit on Peacock. You know what I'm saying? Because the reality is, I don't have to have Peacock. I don't have like, oh damn, now I got, I'm I'm, I'm you know, obligated to get Peacock now because I, uh, you know, I want right, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't give two shits about Peacock, but I might get it just to watch Halloween, but I don't gotta stay with Peacock. Alright, I watch Halloween, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want Peacock no more. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it, it's different from, in th- in a, in a, from the movie theater sense that like, damn, I have to go to this theater that might be two hours away from me because they're the only ones that's showing it at this specific theater. It's different from that than, you know, every streaming service having their own thing. It's it's really no different from like, you know, them saying, like how you said Apple producing, having their own Apple store. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they make it, you know what I'm saying? They sell it. Yeah. They sell it. And, the, and the difference is with that is I don't have to go to an Apple store to get uh, Apple content. You know, I mean, Apple stuff. You yeah. see what I'm saying? They sell that at other places too. Yeah. It's just Apple store. They got their own. So, hey, like, you might as well have a store. So, yeah, uh, but what, what if, like, you can't buy an iPhone at Best Buy? You know what I mean? Like, that would be interesting. If you yeah, that'll be, that would be a little interesting. You yeah. know, it'll be a little bit different, but that's not a big deal. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? You go get your shit at Apple. You know, it's like you got to go to McDonald's to get McDonald's. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? You can't go to Whataburger to go get some McDonald's. You know what I mean? So, it's, you know, it, But uh, yeah, so I feel like it's a bit different. I'm I'm okay with the idea of the streaming service. Like after my big thing is the theatrical experience. Don't take that away. But after after the theatrical experience, do whatever you want to. I'm a fan of hard copy media, so I prefer the Blu-rays and DVDs to stay around. But I mean, if they go, they go. Before we move on uh, from topic of the show, let me pitch to you this idea. Let me pitch to you the idea that movie studios were not allowed to own streaming services. Let's just say. Okay. Okay. What if you have Netflix and Netflix, and they have the exact same content? They have like they have all the studios licensing contracts. There is no there is no platform exclusivity. And then instead of uh, when you have con uh, uh, competition like this, like Netflix and Netflix, they're gonna start engineering more social features, more friends, uh, friend uh, list, uh, group group viewing. Like they're gonna start uh, engineering. Uh, features mm. and so what separates the two would be you know where are your friends at where you know that kind of stuff oh like, wait hold on uh, real quick is Netflix a part of Netflix no, or are they no. just a made up streamer I'm, I'm a made up I'm a made up oh you could just use Hulu then yeah. just Netflix and Hulu oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I'm just saying like let's just say but they're the only two they're, yeah. right or like Hulu like let's say like there's multiple but I'm saying like 
all the streaming services can't own. I'll they don't own. own anything exclusive. What yeah. separates them is the service, mm. not the content. Mm. So what I'm saying is, you can then like have like a bidding war kind of thing where everyone's kind of lowering their prices, or mm. everyone's trying to put the new the new feature that's going to be the hotness. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to separate yourself that way. Would you rather have that uh, version of events, mm. or would you rather have the version of events where everybody and their mamas is having a streaming service, yeah. but Everybody's trying to make the next Game of Thrones. Yeah, right, right. Well, uh, I agree with you. I I would prefer to do it like that, just be the two, you know, streaming services. Like, I prefer, like, if I had to choose, I would prefer, like, Netflix and just be Hulu and they be the, like, how originally how it's been for the last, before Disney Plus and before, you know, HBO Max. Like, how it was, like, you know, it was just Netflix, really. And then the studios was the studios and Hulu or whatever. That's basically, like, what you're describing is how it's basically been. And I much prefer that for the reasons you said and for also, you know, me still being a man, I mean, me being a fan of hard copy media, you know. And so I think hard copy media will stay around and the opportunities for Netflix to be much better because like on Netflix, how it used to be, you scroll through Netflix, you're seeing Warner Brothers movies, you're seeing Paramount, uh, Paramount you're seeing Disney movies, you're seeing Marvel movies and shit. You like it, yeah. it was great, yeah. It was Netflix all on everything. one, yeah, yeah. It was all on one streaming yeah. services. Now I don't have to have buy Disney Plus, buy Netflix, buy HBO Max because they got all this content. So I agree, I prefer it like that, absolutely. But you know, but that was just a thought experiment. Like I mean, that would be an interesting thing where it's like all the streaming services have to compete on features instead of content that's just my thought on that idea but as far as the world that we're living in now where everybody has their like the the second option was yeah everybody has their streaming service but think about this because everyone has a streaming service amazon is spending like a billion dollars or however much they're spending on right right yeah Uh, that's one of the good things about it yeah so in the end when it comes to competition when it comes to capitalism you know we win because they're Everyone's trying to, you know, woo us. Yeah, um, and that and that's the like, you know, in terms of talking about the pros and cons, like we just talked about, you know, the idea of it, the pros of just having two streaming services, and that's the pros of, ha- and what you just said is the pros of having a bunch of all this shit because everybody trying to one each, one up each other, and that always makes for better. Like Xbox versus PlayStation was making them so good as they both try, have them to compete with each other. So yeah. that's why you're getting these great games from PlayStation. Now, Xbox, they've been getting blown out for the last generation, so they're trying to make a comeback, and they got all these exclusives, and they come out with Xbox Game Pass. They're trying to, like, compete, and so that competition makes better for at all. So, in a way, you're getting that with, you know, Netflix. They're trying to make the best shit they can make. Yeah, like House of Cards and uh, Stranger Things. Right, right. and they're trying to go up against Apple, and then Apple trying to go up against Amazon. and Apple's making C. Right, and so, you know, and that's the good thing. We're getting more content and eventually we're going to start getting better content because they got a they're tra- all trying Hulu, to Hulu's got the handmaid's tale yeah like every, everyone, uh, everybody's got their their, like, their, their thing, thing right yeah, yeah so and it's kind of sucks is like because like i don't i can't watch that everything you know like i, I don't know like it's like that's bit, what sucks it's, yeah. a, it's a bit much you know like it I, is a lot much for yeah. me you <laughs> know because like you think about okay apple peacock Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO Max, um, YouTube Premium, you know, YouTube Premium, like like we're talking about eight streaming services. So even if all these was only ten dollars, that's eighty dollars a month. 
You see what I'm saying? So, you know, it, yeah. it, it really is a lot. But, you know, the, the thing is, like I was saying before, you get to pick and choose what you want. Like, if there's nothing on Peacock, you don't got to mess with it. If nothing you don't like on Peacock, you don't got to mess with it. If nothing on Amazon you don't like, you gotta don't got to mess with it. It might be one thing on Apple you like, so let me get a streaming service for one month to watch that. Boom, you ain't got to watch that no more. Netflix might be your main. Uh, <laughs> HBO might be your main. You know, so you, you could play with it. You don't have to. It's not like you have to sign contracts and be dedicated to Which it. Which they want to. Remember, we talked about it like on a on a news story where they want to they want to they want to figure out how to like bind you. To yeah, they're trying to, and that's gonna be the next thing because there is gonna be too many people. Yeah, to try oh. to make commitments and uh, we shit. We call it yeah. breaking contract clauses or whatever. Or yeah. fees for breaking. Those yeah, things. that's what they're gonna do next. <laughs> and then I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I ain't watching that. I'm pirating everything. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, I'm just saying. But <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, like I said, it was a, there was definitely a good, like, discussion. It's a rabbit hole yeah. that we just, that is just a lot to unpack there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm i more pissed about that law being changed. Like, that. <laughs> you didn't even know about that yeah, shit. Like that's a year old. Yeah, like, that, that right there is more just irritating to me than anything. Like, that is potentially could change all theatrical, you know, the way we go to theaters, and that just very upsets me. And it just, and what makes it worse is the excuse for it is so bad that it, <laughs> it makes me just feel like it's some corruption behind the scenes. Like, hey, someone saying, hey, release this bribed. law. Someone yeah, was someone bribed. was bribed. Yeah, it just said like it was a bribery. Like, <laughs> I honestly didn't read that far into it. Like I said, like I just sort of like. We've been living for uh, with that law abolished for a year now, but granted, it was a pandemic. Yeah, a pandemic. So. Yeah, and a lot of times, like, listen, if someone does have a plan to do something, that plan might not take place for the next three or four years. So just because something ain't happened yet, it doesn't mean Amazon isn't behind the scenes right now saying, look, we're going to start our own series. It's going to take a few years to get it done, but we're going to start our own theater chain. We're going to have them all over the country, and we're only going to distribute our movies. And, you know, and that's going to be the domino effect to where all, everybody imagine all these streaming services I just named if they all have their own theaters that's even worse than the, 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 the I was like dang wait which theater I gotta go to like you know what I'm saying <laughs> like oh my god bro alright we'll go ahead and move on to Netflix and chill so for Netflix and chill we talk about the streaming charts what's trending on the top tens on everything as well as giving you guys a recommendation of what to watch on a streaming platform so first things up is the top 10 things on Netflix. So number one is Kate, which I did not watch. I sort of gave it like a eh on the new releases last week. Let me tell you this. I've been seeing on Twitter, people were talking about Kate like positively. Mm. So I think I might check it out. I've been seeing a lot of Twitter, Twitter a buzz about it. Lucifer, the final season has aired and uh, it's on number two. Next up is number three is Clickbait, which I've been hearing a lot of things about this too. Like people are talking about this about clickbait, and I'm like, damn, it's only eight episodes. I think it's like a limited series run kind of thing. So, yeah. um, 9/11 happened this past Saturday, and uh, number four is Turning Point. 9/11 and the War on Terror. 9/11 shows up a lot on these other charts, by the way. Number five is Prey, which is like a thing. It's a German movie that that's coming out that came out, and uh, it's about like these guys that are on a hiking trip, just kind of like doing their thing. And next thing you know, a sniper. Just start shooting at them. Yeah, and then like they're like fucking running and like every man for themselves. And I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Like yeah. it's it's like a it's like, like it's inspired by that Vegas shooting. Remember like where it was like uh, that big Vegas shooting, so someone was shooting them from the uh, top oh of that yeah building. yeah yeah. I remember. I know that one. Yeah yeah. This seems like it might be inspired yeah. by something like that. So yeah, they're just uh, they're just out in the wilderness with trees and shit like that. And now they gotta figure it out. Uh, number six. Uh, it went from number 10 last week to number 6 this week is Coco Melon. God damn, that's what Coco Melon. 
Why they like? I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna go back and look at every doc that I did before and see how many. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do a ruling and say that the Twilight shit don't count. It was in the top ten that week as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna just say that, like, because uh, Coco Melon got you got eleven that, that for that for one that week. one week because twi- four tw- no five Twilight movies came out. Yeah, was that, it only one, one, two. I don't think four, right? It's five, really. Oh, five. Oh. It was five because Breaking Dawn was uh, two oh, too movies. Far, okay, yeah. So yeah, when five movies char- like chart at one week, it's gonna. Push, leave, yeah. It's gonna push Coco. But they came out. right back. It came right back once and then yeah. and then them motherfuckers are gone. Yeah. Now. Nobody will give two shits about them. Twilight. Yeah, like. <laughs> so uh, other than that week, let me just I'm gonna just say and like then it came count. all the way to six. Though. Yeah. It didn't just come back. It came back to ten and then, and then it came it back to six. six. Yeah. Shit. So yeah. I'm gonna see like how many weeks consecutively, uh, not counting that Twilight week, how many weeks consecutively uh, it was on the chart and. What do you want to like put a wager like how many weeks like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 25 weeks in a row. Please. I'm gonna say infinite. <laughs> I'm gonna say infinite right. man. like until they do a Let's Coco Melon two or something. Well, cause it's such a kid movie that like I feel like all every infant that's new they say oh let's put on Coco Melon <laughs> and then like so it stays new to kids you know so yeah. So number seven is On the Verge. I don't know what that is. Uh, okay. And number eight is a Jennifer Lopez movie starring with Robert Redford called An Unfinished Life. It came out back in 05. And it's like a drama movie. Number nine is Shark Dog. Don't know what that is. And number 10 is the soon-to-be Netflix original series Manifest. Mm. So that's the shows and movies combined. Now I'm going to just filter out all of the shows and go straight to only movies. The top 10 movies that are trending on Netflix are Kate, Prey, An un- Unfinished Life, kind of like carrying over from the last list at one, two, and three. Number four, the Richard Linklater movie, School of Rock with uh, Jack Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie, too, yeah. man. I, that one, uh, R.I.P. I mean, never mind, not R.I.P. Richard Link- Linklater was the guy that no. directed, like, Oh, all yeah. He's the Dazed and Confused. He done did, uh, boy, I mean, uh, Boyhood. Boyhood. Boyhood, yeah. yeah he, he's a master. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was him directing that movie, by the Which way. Which one? Uh, School of Rock. I didn't know that Richard Linklater directed Oh, you didn't that. know that was him? Yeah. No, I, I knew he directed, like, the Before Sunset, After Sunset. Like, yeah, I knew that trilogy. Yeah, yeah. that trilogy. Uh, I know he worked with Ethan Hawke. I didn't know he did this one. Yeah. Uh, number five is Worth, which is, it was not on the regular chart, but what's really interesting Fort is... Worth. <laughs> five, fifth. Oh, Fort Worth. <laughs> if it was on number four, that would have been fucking hilarious. But what's really interesting about Worth is that I think it came out a week too early because Worth is about the 9-11 victims and that lawyer, right? And Michael yeah. Keaton. Yeah. And so... I'm thinking to myself, you should have released it on last Friday on the 10th, so it would have been on 9-11 weekend. Oh, yeah. But yeah. whatever. That was stupid. Number six is Vivo. Number seven is Afterlife of the Party. Number eight is the, the Jeremy Renner movie, Wind River. Uh, number nine is another German uh, animated movie, actually. A, a German animated movie called Fire Drake, the Silver Dragon. Uh, and number 10 is a Cinderella story. I want to I want to know if that's like, is that the um, the H- Hilary Duff movie or, or oh, my own? Or know. my uh, the Chad Michael Murray movie. Let me see here. I don't know. Is that like the new Cinderella? No, the new Cinderella is on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. A Cinderella story. Uh, yeah, it's the it's the Hillary Duff Michael uh, Chad Michael Murray movie from back in 04. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I guess because you know Cinderella's popping off on Amazon, so people on Netflix want to watch a Cinderella movie. Um, so yeah, did you have anything uh, you wanted to talk about on the, as far as the Netflix charts go? Uh, no. Uh, it surprised me that Wind River is still. Uh, hanging that, on. Uh, yeah, it's hanging on, and Wind River is the best movie on here. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, going on to the iTunes charts, the top ten things on iTunes is number one, The Fast Saga. Number two, The Matrix Trilogy. 
Hey. Because of the Matrix trailer. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. bought it yeah. on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because I, that trailer makes you want to go back and like remember it because you got to get ready for the new movie. You What's kind of interesting is that like a trailer comes out like a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer and then Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, it, like, yeah. it, it makes sense because I do the same thing. Like I'm excited and to like, like to, you know, to, to feed my excitement, I watch yeah, yeah. the previous shit. Like, I do that all the time. You know? Number three is The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Number four is The Boss Baby Family Business. Number five is Jungle Cruise. Number six is Wrath of Man. Number seven is No Man of God, the, the Ted Bundy movie. Uh, number eight is Stillwater. Number nine is Don't Breathe 2. And new on the list is number 10, Joe Bell, which was the Mark Wahlberg movie, which we talked about uh, yeah. on new releases a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, interesting stuff on the iTunes charts. And going on to the Amazon Prime charts, Don't Breathe 2 is at number one, Stillwater at number two. Jungle Cruise at number three, Respect at number four. Uh, number five is A Quiet Place Part Two. Number six is The Green Knight. And number seven, interestingly enough, F9, The Fast Saga Director's Cut. Like, there's a Director's Cut now? Of what? The, oh, the Fast Saga. Fast is 9, the, F9. What, is that what it's called? Fast Saga? F9, F9 The Fast Saga. That's what it's That's called. such a stupid name because every time you say Fast Saga, I think of the actual saga. Like, are you talking <laughs> about all of them together? Like, but that's such a dumb name because I keep thinking, that, okay, Fast they keep, 9. They keep changing the rules because it was like Fast 5 and then... Furious 7. Then they go back to Fury. And like, is it Fury? Are y'all going to use Furious or fi- at Fast? Like, and then know? it's Fate. F8 Fate of the Furious. Oh, then, God, bro. They, they, these uh, atrocious the names. The Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. You know like, yeah, mean? these like, stupid-ass <laughs> names, man. Like, Fast Saga, it confused me every time because, like, Every time you say it, I automatically think the saga. The, the, the saga. Movies. Yeah, it's yeah. like, damn, the whole saga? Like, But then I realized, it's I was, yeah, that's so stupid, man. F9, the fast saga, director's cut at number seven, which is, um, you know what? I just want I just want to like have bump like F9 down to number nine so I can say like number nine, F9. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be at number nine next yeah. week. Uh, at number eight is Wrath of Man. Number nine is The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. And number 10 is 9-11. The Filmmaker's Commemorative Edition, which I think is a documentary. On oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, did you want to say anything about the iTunes and Amazon list? Uh, nah, just other than I hope Fast and Furious uh, 9 gets bumped down to 9 <laughs> next week. So, shit, we can say Director's that. Director's Cut. I didn't even know that they... Damn, uh, Stillwater is up there, though. Stillwater. Yeah. I, I'm happy to see that. Because Stillwater, to me, is going under the radar. Like, it's not... Like, I don't hear a lot of people talking about Stillwater. And I think it was a really good movie. So, I like how it was at least getting some love somewhere. I like how it's like Amazon Prime Stillwater has it number two. But on iTunes, Stillwater's at number eight. So Yeah, but it's in the top ten at both two yeah. different platforms though so True. that's still and then itunes is such a weird top 10 anyway <laughs> so what's really weird is like i i almost kind of sometimes don't want to cover the amazon prime ch- uh, chart uh, sometimes amazon or the amazon, iTunes? the amazon chart because one of the things i notice week to week is that the itunes i'm sorry the amazon chart almost doesn't move there were a couple of shows where i didn't even cover it because it was almost a carbon copy of the same list from last week it's just a little different order yeah uh, so that's one thing i do notice about it but sometimes i just you know want to like yeah see it. yeah um, but my recommendation for the week is actually something that you can watch on Netflix right now. It's a, it's a little known uh, movie that stars Ben Stiller and a bunch of other people, by the way, like there's a lot of stars, like, uh, like, uh, was it not Gary, not Gary Ullman, uh, I forgot his name, William H. Macy. I was thinking of his name. Trying to, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. there was like a bunch of stars back then, uh, like Gina, uh, uh Garofalo or forgot, I don't know how to lapse her weird name, but anyways, Mystery Men, the name of the movie is called Mystery Men and it's about superheroes 
kinda. Um, but it was made back in like I don't know if it was the '90s or the 2000s. I forgot what year it came out. But it was in that somewhere in that area, and it was a bit of a parody slash a critique on the tropes and superheroes. And it's relevant now because now that superheroes are so pervasive in like pop culture, mm. you sort of like see like those those tro- those tropes that they were doing. So like Ben Stiller's character, he's like he gets when he gets mad, he gets better at fighting and like and like other stupid stuff like it's it's kind of funny it's like it's a comedy and i don't know if you have you seen mystery man have you heard of it uh no i haven't i haven't okay well greg kinnear is like the batman of that universe and he's like perfect and he's rich and stuff like that and it's that's kind of things get kicked off when his character dies and okay then, uh, and then it's up to the mystery men to save the day oh that's solid that's so, solid yeah, yeah, led yeah, by ben stiller so yeah i'm just saying mystery man is a good movie it's okay. got like uh kel mitchell he plays like a guy that can turn invisible, but only when no one's looking at him. Oh shit! That's <laughs> so it don't matter that way. <laughs> so when you're not looking at him, then he can He's turn invisible. invisible. Yeah. And so you don't you you almost kind of think to yourself, is he bullshitting or is but he? But see, really the, but the thing is, is like who though? Because what if someone else ain't looking at him, but someone else is looking at him? You know what I'm saying? If anyone's looking at him. Oh so oh yeah, yeah. okay so as long as so anyone's looking. As long as anyone's looking at him, but what's kind of funny is. <laughs> What's kind of funny is, like, the whole entire movie, they're, like, thinking to myself, is he full of shit or is he real? <laughs> is he real? Like, I don't know. But, yeah, because you ain't no way of knowing. Like. So, uh, do you want me to tell you if it's real or not? I can spoil it for you. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, it's real. He, uh, can, uh, he yeah. can't turn invisible. Uh, at the end of the movie, there's, like, this laser... Uh, that like kills you immediately if you like if like, the camera sees you. So Damn. you walk up to it, the camera's like it spots you, you die. He's like laser and Damn. boom. And so he's like, how do we get past that? He's like, guys, it's on me. I can do this. And Kel Mitchell like, <laughs> he's like, everybody turn around, turn. Around. Just don't look at me. That's and he fucking funny. turns invisible and like, fucking and I'm like, funny, yeah. man, that's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that's like it's some it's a funny comedy. I think it's good. I I, I want to recommend it. It's on Netflix. You check it out. Uh, Troy, do you got a, a recommendation? Yeah, I got a recommendation, but it's not on a streaming service. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, it's from the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, the uh, it's a movie called it's a documentary called The Death of Superman Lives. What, what happened? happened? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I never really got a chance to watch it. You know what I'm saying? So when I watched it, it surprised me how how good it was. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was a uh, R.I.P. to John Schnepp. Yeah, R.I.P. to John Schnepp, man. I, I didn't actually think that he'll put together a documentary so good because really the idea of the documentary didn't seem like it's that fascinating at first because yeah, it's like a movie that, that just did, that just got didn't get made. And usually I think of those as like, oh, it sucks, so it didn't yeah. get made. But uh, some of the things just from behind the scenes, the drama behind the scenes, I think that was more fascinating than the movie itself. Like, yeah. it was like... The story you know, behind the story kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You had multiple directors that had a vision, and then you had another director came in. Uh, the other director was the director that did Batman, the, the 1989 uh, Tim Burton Batman. He, he uh, They wanted Tim Burton to come direct, but after Kevin Smith was already doing it. Yeah. And supposedly they didn't like some of Kevin Smith's ideas, but Kevin Smith, like, from his perspective, it's like, no, they just wanted Tim Burton, the guy that did Batman, so it don't matter what I would have did kind of thing. And yeah. they just kind of like, it's just going back and forth and the producers involved in it. And then like, it's funny because like, 
Kevin Smith feels it seems like he's right. Like the movie yeah. would have sucked if they would have did it because they wanted some just uh, like a big random spider in the movie <laughs> and like it was like Brainiac was in the movie. It was so stupid, but it's just the drama behind it actually was really good. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, Nick, Nicolas Cage was at the height of his career, I would say. Yeah, Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. was at the height of his career. Superman. And uh, using, like they showed the footage of him in like costume. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's crazy because it's two actual footages of him and like the first one looks stupid and weird, right? Because it's like this dark. Because I guess the movie originally it was supposed to be dark, you know, and so like it was like this dark costume and the S looked weird and it like he had long hair and shit <laughs> and it was like what the fuck. But then it was like this other suit that looked just badass or whatever. And I think the whole concept of the movie, the underlying theme of the movie is this movie could have been bad and it could have been good. Mm-hmm. So it's like stuff in it where you like, man, that would have been good. I wish I would have seen it. And the stuff in it that was like bad. And one of the things is is like you never would know but it really just covers like what happened and why it didn't get made or whatever and you could just kind of find out that Warner Brothers because of this conflicting shit Warner Brothers pulled the plug like the fact that we're watching it and we're saying oh shit we don't know if this movie would have been a good or bad that's basically how Wonder I mean how Warner Brothers felt like we don't know if this is gonna be good or bad and they pulled the plug on it before they lost any money so uh yeah it was just a fascinating movie and it been out for a while I always wanted to see it and uh, I never have so it was great did you ever get a chance to see that nope I I, I really I think you should any nerd I think any nerd that or anybody that just loves comic book movies in general like myself I think you should give it a watch because you kind of find out how a lot of the the, the drama behind the scenes of these all these comic book movies that we love to watch, we get to see the behind the scenes of like some of the shit that goes down and how executives think and why you get movies like Batman v Superman that came out <laughs> the theater version or like the Justice League uh, theater, yeah. theater version. Like you see how like how some of this stuff could happen behind the scenes. So it's it's fantastic. All right, cool. I didn't even know that. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I thought that there would be something where like you could only buy it on iTunes. I didn't know there was like, a physical media release. Yeah, it. yeah, it's a DVD. All right, we'll go ahead and, uh, and wrap the show up with uh, the new releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So I am going to tell you right now that there is a two-horse race going on for um, uh, Pick of the Week. Mm. All right? And I actually, uh, going into this new releases when I was researching, I thought to myself that I knew that Cry Macho, which is the first thing I want to really, really uh, read here, that Cry Macho was automatically by default the Pick of the Week. However... An Oscar contender is coming out this week, and I and I was we taught we covered it on uh, check this out when we saw the trailer and we were all like enthused about it. Which one? Like so would you know nope. what movie is coming out this week? Nope. That's got us. You know I'm bad about that shit. I'd be looking forward to a movie, and then I'd be like, don't even know that it's, it's coming, coming out. out. Yeah. Something like this Friday. It's yeah, coming out this that's Friday. Crazy. All right, so we'll go ahead and I'll surprise you. It's the second pick uh, here on the new releases here. First up, Cry Macho. Coming out in theaters this Friday on September 17th, the, um, the synopsis reads, A one-time rodeo star and washed-up horse breeder in 1978 takes a job from an ex-boss to bring the man's young son home and away from his alcoholic mom. Crossing rural Mexico on their way back to Texas, the unlikely pair faces an unexpectedly challenging journey during which the world-weary horseman may find his own sense of redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. We saw that, literally saw that synopsis play out in the trailer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the film stars Clint Eastwood, Dwight Yoakam, and 
Eduardo Minette is the boy, uh, the young boy. Uh, so it's a very small cast. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I thought this was going to be my pick of the week. And the other contender for pick of the week is The Eyes of, Tam- uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye comes out in theaters this Friday. The synopsis reads, In the 1970s, Tammy Faye Baker and her husband Jim rise from humble beginnings to create the world's largest religious broadcasting network and theme park. Tammy Faye becomes legendary for her incredible eyelashes, her idiosyncratic singing, and her eagerness to embrace people from all walks of life. However, financial improprieties, scheming rivals, and a scandal soon threaten to topple their carefully constructed empire. The film stars Jessica Chastain, Andrew Garfield, Cherry Jones, and Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I'm, I, that's my number one off the rip. <laughs> it, to me, it ain't even a two-horse race. Like, I kind of like her. I'm kind of in the crime show, but nah, it's easily to no, tell me. Yeah, that, like, that trailer just blew me away. Like, yeah, she looked like she went in a straight-up Oscar in the movie. Trailer, like, yeah. she it's transformed. Like Andrew Garfield, man. Like, yeah, and uh, yeah, that, that movie right there, and Andrew Garfield looked, uh, in, I mean, incredible, which he used to, we, you know, Minimum clearly. Oscar nominations. Yeah, for so, both of them. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I can't, that's going to be mine. I can't wait to see it. Damn. Yeah, it's not, oh. even, it's not even a horse race for me. I ain't going to lie. Like, oh, yeah. my God. See, yeah. that's the thing. I was thinking, like, Cry, Cry Macho. macho. So, yeah. yeah. Ah, so, yeah, okay. So, are you going to watch it in uh, this week? Fuck yeah, I'm all watching right. that. That's going to be looking for them <laughs> uh, impressions, impressions for right. that shit. Yeah, all, right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so, next up is Prisoners of the Ghostland. So, we got two movies that are pretty good. And that's who I don't give two shits <laughs> about. <laughs> We got a Nicolas Cage movie here. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland out, out in theaters this Friday on September 17th. In the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town. <laughs> Samurai Town. Samurai Town. I'm sorry. Okay. A ruthless bank robber gets sprung from jail by a wealthy warlord whose adopted granddaughter has gone missing. He offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway. Strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct in five days, the bandit sets off on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption. The film stars Nicolas Cage, Sofia Butella, uh, uh, Bill Mosley, and Nick Cassavetes. Uh, next up is Cop Shop, uh, out in theaters this Friday, screaming through the Nevada desert in a bullet-ridden car. While, while, um, wily con artist Teddy Merch Moretto hatches a plan to hide from the lethal assassin Bob Vidic. He punches rookie co- uh, rookie officer Valerie Young to get himself arrested and locked up in a small town police station. However, jail can't protect Moretto for long as Vidic schemes his own way into detention, bidding his time in a nearby cell until he can complete his until he can complete his mission. The film stars Gerard Butler, Frank Grillo, and Alexis Lauder. And finally, is Best Sellers, which is out in theaters this Friday. It says Lucy Stan- uh, Stanbridge has inherited her father's publishing house, but the ambitious would-be editor has nearly sunk it with falling titles. Well, sorry, sunk it with failing titles. She discovered uh, she has owed a book by Harris Shaw, a reclusive, cantankerous, boozed-addled author who originally put the company on the map decades earlier. In a last-ditch effort to save it, Lucy and Harris release his new book and embark on a tour from hell that changes them both in ways they didn't expect. We covered this uh, trailer on a, uh, on a show that you missed when Dallas Man reacted to it. Um, it says, the film stars Michael Caine, Audrey Plaza, Scott Speedman, and Carrie Elwes. I like so, that. I like that cast, though. Yeah, Michael Caine is like the, the the author that does hates himself, and he's like 
And you're like, all right, here's a manuscript. Fuck yeah. off. And then they're yeah. like, no, no, you owe me, you owe me a book tour. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> and he hates the book tour, and he's like fucking sabotaging everything God, at yeah. every step of the way. And that Aubrey Plaza and that <laughs> yeah. cute ass. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's a pretty good. Uh, I didn't see any like new releases on, on on streaming services, so I didn't see any new releases on Netflix. Because that uh, Tina Fey uh, movie, that's a. Uh, I mean, Tammy, Tammy Faye, Faye. That that that's a uh, theatrical release mm-hmm. exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I, I may end up fucking around and watch both of these movies in theaters this weekend. So, uh, but yeah, like that's uh, my pick of the week. I'm gonna stick with Cry Macho just simply because like I was I really liked the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. Granted. I watched that trailer after I watched the eyes of Tammy Faye. There has been no marketing push for Tammy Faye, like not really, damn near at all. Yeah, but I mean, the only thing that they have going for it is that the trailer came out recently. So, like, well, Cry Macho, yeah. Well, for for Tammy Faye, Did, Tammy I mean, Faye came out first. The trailer for Tammy Faye came out way first, like long, like a long time ago. Really, I thought it was we recent react- when we re- reacted to that. I thought it was like three weeks ago or some shit. Uh, three or four weeks ago, I don't. I, don't I remember reacting to Tammy Faye's trailer first. Yeah, we might have, but I think Carmacho. Uh, that trailer came out semi recently. We yeah, but, I, but didn't Carmacho have two trailers though? No, it only had one. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I, they were, I, both of these might be the same thing. Like they might have just they since they uh, the trailer just dropped. I think they're trying to just go ahead for that you know that momentum for, off the trailer. But I just hope that Cry Macho gets like a an Oscar nod or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if it's good enough. If it's good enough. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Tammy Faye is a shoe in, by the way. Uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Uh, we'll go ahead and end the show. And now the end is near, and so I face. The final curtain. And again, I cannot play that sound effect on video. All right. Uh, it is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88 and Troy. Bracey Troy 58. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, and tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time.